Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, joined by, as always, a one... Trace Finicaro. And... Insert generic snake joke here. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. And today, we have a very special guest, a one Christine Chapin. She is a senior accounting clerk, a weeaboo, and a Godzilla super freak. Christine, um, Ohio. Ohio gozaimasu. <laughs> what the hell is a weeaboo? A person who is like really into Japan and anime and you wish you were Japanese. Okay, good. <laughs> like an obsession with Japanese cult, all things Japanese. Obsessed. I thought maybe it was so, like weebles yeah, wobble, but in, they don't oh, fall down. In the, Venn di- in the Venn diagram overlap, it's like the less dicky version of the guy who goes off about how people play Dungeons and Dragons and then goes off for like three hours about his fantasy football league team. Mm. All right. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. I'm not familiar with that term. So let's just jump right into this. Uh, Christine, uh, you are a massive, massive, massive Godzilla fan. Uh, You've got actually... It's radio, essentially, is what a podcast is, the new age radio. Christine's wearing rocking this pretty cool Godzilla t-shirt. Christine, like, when did your, um, I don't know if you call it an obsession, what level are you as far as Godzilla? What tier would you say? Are you an S-tier Godzilla fan? Oh, yeah, as God tier. It's like beyond <laughs> God tier. <laughs> beyond so, Godzilla tier. <laughs> talk about how it started. Talk about um, how you got into it, how it, when it began, and how it began. Well, it started... Well, when I was in about first or second grade, I was obsessed with dinosaurs, going through this dinosaur phase, reading all these books in school. And so my dad came home from work one day with Godzilla King of the Monsters on VHS. And so I watched it and I was like, what is this amazing thing? It like blew my mind. I was, that was it. It was love at first sight. And I would bring the the VHS tape into school for show and tell. We make, I'd make the class watch little clips. And so from that point on, like, um, I'd get more of the movies. Every time we went to the Super Duper in Camden, super old grocery store. It's not there anymore. But I would always remember going in there, and they had a small little movie section, and they'd always have Godzilla movies there. So I'd be like, Mom, Mom, can we rent Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster? I don't have that one yet. And so they eventually started buying me all. I think I got most of the 70s movies pretty early on. Because at this point, I was born in 84, so the 80, the 80s movies were just coming out. And I would start collecting those and watching them. And then I didn't actually start collecting figures seriously until maybe 2012 when the first SH Monster Art schedule came out. I would collect little things in between. I got stuff for my birthday, the Trendmasters, the old Trendmasters figures, super old stuff. What, uh, okay, so... This is actually a question I wanted to say for later, but I'm going to throw it out there right now. Aside from, obviously, Godzilla, because I assume Godzilla is your favorite, like, kaiju, if you will, in the universe. Yeah. Your second favorite. Biollante. She's my girl. And what is, explain Biollante. So, Biollante is a cross between a rose and a Godzilla cell. In the movie, the scientist, his, his daughter got killed in an explosion, and so he crossed the cells of a rose with the cells of Godzilla, and this huge, she, well, first she starts, she has two forms. So she starts out as this gigantic rose. And then later on, she evolves into like, well, a cross between Godzilla and a rose. So a big plant monster with, actually, this is her right here. Okay. Yeah. So oh, it's okay. just like, okay. that. Okay. She's kind of got like an alligator kind of mouth. 
So what she has on the table right now, um, Christine was nice enough to bring some of her uh, Godzilla figurines, toys, probably figurines. I don't know the figures. best way to describe yeah. them. So this one she said on the she's she has in her hand right now, it looks kind of like Godzilla, but it looks more like a plant with with a bunch of uh, stems coming out. But each like each branch has its own mouth. So and the it, the color of it, it's like um, maybe like a like a greenish blue with green uh, like a green spine on the top of it. So Very this isn't cool. actually her color in the movie. This is a stylized figure. So stylized figures, they could be like she could be pink, orange, but she's like a dark green. She looks like a big plant with a. I'd say she looks like an alligator mouth head in the in the front. Now this and this is Godzilla with a rose. You said right? Yeah. So it's a Godzilla saw crossed with the cell of a rose. Was embodied with the spirit of his daughter, Erica. Was isn't there some like relation between Biolant and Space Godzilla? I'm trying to remember. What... Um. Yeah. So there was two two times when Godzilla cells were set up into space. Um, some would have been from when he fought with Mothra, and then from Biolante when she, because she's immortal. So when she decides to just take off, she like zoo, turns it all a bunch of sparkles and just goes up in the sky. So there's two times when his cells would have been up in space. So Space Godzilla is from one of those, one so, of those cells getting up there. So can you explain what you're talking about? Where they just transfer when you said that when they're immortal so when they decide to go up into space like they become a spirit form or something and yeah it's, so violante she's like the only one that does that she when she wants to like take off like at the end of Godzilla versus violante um Godzilla kind of he did well he kind of like he got sick and he fell over into the water so violante is like oh, okay cool i'm done here so she just like turns into a bunch of like golden sparkles and then you could see like the spirit of his daughter also like it shows her face and she just goes up in the clouds. And is she gone forever? That's just how she <laughs> teleports to space. No, she's just teleporting. Yeah. Very interesting. Now that's got to be a power. I don't know Godzilla that well, but I don't remember. <laughs> well, Godzilla doesn't teleport. Yeah, I don't remember that really. <laughs> I don't think actually most. Of, I would say majority of kaiju don't teleport. Yeah, no, it was just pretty much just Bailani. And what does kaiju mean? Kaiju is like Japanese for monster. Oh, okay. Giant or, monster. Yeah, a giant I'm, monster. I'm going to keep asking these questions. <clears throat> Um, I'm just under the assumption that some other people that are listening might not know what they mean either. Most so I keep know. asking. These so questions. actually, let's do this. Might be a little bit more fun. Trace, you might not be able to identify with this, but Gunner, what's your favorite kaiju? Well, again, uh, see, that's um, I was always a Mecha Godzilla fan, especially mm-hmm. undead zombie Mecha Godzilla. But uh, why? Because I mean, it's like here, it's. The, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the corpse of the original Godzilla and build an indestructible nuclear powered cyborg of, of doom with it. That's metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Christine, what's your analysis on on Gunner's favorite kaiju? What would you say? Mechagodzilla. Well, that one was actually there's three versions of Mechagodzilla. That one's my favorite. Kiryu. I actually just bought. There's a company called X Plus that makes like realistic figures. Like um, this this is an X Plus. But they just came out with a new version. It's called the Night version of Kiryu. He's got the jetpack on the back, and Kiryu is my favorite Mechagodzilla incarnation. But no, it's pretty. It's pretty badass. Like they literally took the corpse, the skeleton of the first Godzilla, built it into a giant robot to go and kill Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess like 
Most Godzilla plots really like it's kind of like Axe Cop. It's like a fever dream of a five year old. But like, yeah, that that whole that whole that whole thing is a Megadeth album cover come to, <laughs> to to light. Like, let's just base a movie off this idea. Now, do they just build? I don't I don't know anything about this mecha, so I'm going to ask some questions. The mecha is the robot version, right? Yeah. Yes. And. Um, I'm guessing Mecha is short for like mechanical Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So with the Mecha Godzilla, do they actually reuse like the bones, or do they just build it based on the size and frame? So uh, the the original Mecha Godzilla, at least in the original, was it Tohei? Who, who did the original films? The seventy four movie. Yeah, well, but uh, again, Tohei that was Tanaka. But that was that was a that was a weapon built by inv- aliens from which from the Black Planet. Okay. Third from the sun, something like that. <laughs> Black hole planet. Like, isn't because the, then, then there were the the planet X ones, right? Yeah. Okay, but the anyways, the, you know, Mega Godzilla has always made appearances. Uh, you know, it, it's also kind of like this weird thing where Godzilla goes back from being like, "Hey, he's a hero," to "Hey, oh fuck," <laughs> to "Hey, he's a hero again," <laughs> and um, Mega Godzilla and. You know, Ghidorah to a certain King Ghidorah to a certain extent have always been kind of used as like just for Godzilla foils. The first version was a weapon built by these aliens from the the Black Planet to fight Godzilla, and I think he was in three or two movies. Two. Or, Did he win? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, because you know Godzilla. Godzilla always wins. Yeah, all the, all the, yeah. Oh, we found out. He, we found so out. So Godzilla got destroyed by the real one. Yeah, we, we, we find out he has magnet powers. Yes. <laughs> oh. Godzilla yes. can make an electromagnet in a field and draw things. Godzilla's the fucking globetrotter. He can of the do universe. anything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's And everyone he's, else is just the gen- the general the Washington generals. Yeah, <laughs> he, he is he is the golden age Superman of, 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 of forever. But yes, yeah, so and the Kirai uh Kirai, right? Kiryu? Kiryu is the basically the, the second series of movies you have the you have the human race attempting to come up with countermeasures to fight off Godzilla and Kir, Kiryu is like the the most likely one because he actually did kill Godzilla in that movie at one point and then was it Rodan? Oh, that's Mechagodzilla two. Kiryu is in the Millennium series, the two thousands. Okay. So okay. Mechagodzilla two from the nineties films, he wasn't built on the the bones, but yeah, right. it was Mechagodzilla and Rodan, and Rodan actually brought. Because there was the, and then there was the one that they built. Because uh, yeah, uh, there was the countermeasure. There was the, what was the one? It was like the the vehicles that joined together. That basically they built it out of the corpse oh. of Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh, that one was Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, there you go. again, the fever dream. They're, they're fever dreams that like we're gonna we're so gonna go been, with it. There's been multiple attempts to kill Godzilla with a robot Godzilla, and. Have they all failed? Uh, I mean, has Godzilla ever actually died? Kind of in Godzilla (laughs) vs. Mechagodzilla 2. I wouldn't say he died, but like he got got beat up pretty bad. So he lost the battle, but he was still alive. Yeah, like it's not really... It's like a debate. Like, did he actually die or was he just like down and out for a little bit? Because I don't think he died in that one. I feel like I mean he almost did. I feel like he was on the very edge, and then Rodan came and like transferred his life power to him, and then he was like, "Boom!" <laughs> Trace, do you have Super a favorite? Up. Do you have a favorite kaiju or no? I well, I just found out what that word meant. So, um, so you're asking me if I have a favorite Japanese monster? 
Um, I don't. <sighs> I and need it, money. The only Godzilla. That's as his phone starts. So Gunner just pulled up a picture on his phone. Which one is that? This is uh, Kiryu. This is Kiryu. See how I can just deflect your question by. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so Gunner's got a picture of of a robot Godzilla up. Dude, I think he's badass. Yeah, he's uh, he's the most Robocop silver and chrome. He's standing up, looks a lot like a human frame, the way that he's standing, although I don't know if that's accurate to the movie or not. And But now he's scrolled past it, and he's looking at other... I'm looking at other pretty rad ones. Other, other Godzilla's. <laughs> get, get, and which, get, this get. Is, is this the second one? This is the second? This is the third one. This that's is the curious. third robot version of Godzilla, and he's armored, and he, yeah, he looks a lot like a human. He's got like a chest well, plate that looks like... Something a human might wear, but he's got something I mean, strapped up on his back. What's that? What's that? Oh, blue so thing that on his has back? that's his jetpack. So it, like he can shoot those off and they'll explode. It also helps him to fly. Okay. It's it, it, it's the yeah you know it's. The, Do those chest plates? Is it like bio boosted armor like Giver? Do those open or no? Um yeah, he's got a Maser cannon in there, and then he actually comes back in two movies, Mechagodzilla or Kiryu's in two of the Millennium series. So the first one he's got the Maser cannon. Second one he's got um the Absolute Zero cannon. Oh, that's fucking oh, badass. Oh, that's, that's the zero one then. Yeah. No, would you? Is yeah, that, that pre Giver or post Giver? Do you think they borrowed from that or no? No, I mean not more, not any more than any other. Yeah. Gotcha. So to answer your question, um, unfortunately, I don't have one because I don't know enough of them. But I can at least speak on the very little amount that I do know. So you can say Godzilla. We're not going to. You can say King Kong. <laughs> so yeah, I've worked King with Kong. Christine now for five years, believe it or not. You can say Gypsy How's Danger. Oh yeah, five God. years. So, uh, so I actually I did see the most recent Godzilla <clears throat> movie that at least I talked to her about. I don't think that there's been any since then. Michael Cranston. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, <clears throat> And that had a pretty cool um, monster in it. He looked like he had some pretty sharp feet. I don't know if he was a spider. Oh, the legendary, what that was. the legendary Godzilla film, the 2014 one? Yes. Oh, the Mutos. Yeah, those are cool. Those Mutos were scary as fuck. Yeah. So those guys were pretty cool, although I can't say they're my favorite. I haven't seen too many. And when you talk about the old VHS Godzillas, um, although I wasn't as inspired as you were at that age, I was also exposed to those VHS tapes. Mm. And the one that my father ended up getting like at a wherever or yard sale was uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. So we always had that in our cupboard. So that's my, that's actually my only experience. Although I did at one point in time, early in my uh, music kind of uh, hobby, I guess it's, it wasn't a career. Um, I did remix the original um, uh, Japanese um, end theme for Godzilla. Oh. So that really sad song that they play um, when I think th- I, I want to say I, maybe it's not even the end, but it's a very very sad song. It's got to be the one that it's got to be from the end of the '84 film. I think Reese because that one is sad. Maybe it is. <laughs> I cry. Maybe it is. <laughs> or the maybe the '95 one at the end where he dies. And and I do have because the U.S. version of the original film was the original film with like like the news reporter was swapped out with with mm-hmm. American Voice, right? Isn't yeah. that how they did it? The original, the 54 film? Yes. Yeah, all the parts with Raymond Burr, we just, they just shot him and just put, edited him into the movie. They rearranged a lot of the scenes. In the and what you say his name is? Raymond Burr? Raymond Burr. Well, it's, yeah, Raymond he's, Burr is he's the, the, he, he's the reporter, right? Yeah, he's the reporter. Story. And he was not, he was not in the original one, or that's the character that was swapped out? How did they he do it? He was never in the original one. So okay. when they brought it over to the US, they added him in to kind of help the storyline for the Americans. I so guess the remix that I did. Um, and I'm kind of a poser in Godzilla because I just cherry-picked it because I really liked the sad <laughs> melody, um, was him speaking. 
So it definitely was taking audio samples from him. Um, you know, whatever he was saying, and he was talking about how much of a disaster it was yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't have a favorite one. I guess maybe I could pick like Godzilla just because what I else? don't have enough exposure for the rest. The only other Japanese monsters that I've been exposed to are some of the really, really terrible ones that were in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh. <laughs> but I don't even know one of their names. I just remember growing I, up with them. Uh, I would, I would, I wish to retract my earlier statement. My favorite kaiju is Leoparadon from the Spider-Man. Isn't that a dinosaur? No, it's that that that's uh that that's from the Spider-Man Sentai series. Isn't that isn't the name of a dinosaur though? Isn't uh, the Leoparadon an actual dinosaur? Yes. And it's from Spider-Man. You said yes. Because it's, it's it's actually it's actually just a giant robot, so it really doesn't count as a kaiju. That's its own thing. Does, yeah. So was it Japanese designed? Yes. So um, it's one of these weird things, kind of like how we were talking last week, or I was talking last week about how like they get the weird licensing things about like CBS and Viacom doing Star Trek, but they can't use, like they can use character names and ideas, but they can't use the designs. The Japanese the the company that makes Power Rangers got the rights to make a Spider Man series. But they couldn't do anything with the Spider-Man character, so they had Spider-Man, but he couldn't be Peter Parker. He couldn't be really. The par- yes, so he was an alien. He was nodding as you're saying. You know, well, there things? is there's a Japanese version of Spider-Man. Just okay, like, like the Power Rangers here was taken from the Super Sentai show that was in Japan. So originally started as Super Sentai, and then over here it was Power Rangers. But um. His whole his whole deal was that yes he is the la- he is the the last prince of this uh, murdered civilization, and uh, you know he's fighting the he's fighting the invaders that ruined his planet who have now come to Earth, and uh, yes as you know again besides his, uh, you know besides the battle cry as an emissary of hell I shall now bury you, and he yes but he also had a giant robot that he could that was his spaceship that he could summon, and it's kind of like one of the the. Again, it's the fever dream. Anything, anything <laughs> in this industry is a fe- fever dream, because they built like the craziest like kaiju battle robot suit ever mm-hmm. for this show. Mm-hmm. Someone threw it out the third, like the third week of production. Oh, so effectively, the the the, the robot there, Leoparadon, has the 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 rep of that. This went this went like a whole like three four series. Isn't that an ugly ass dinosaur? Did yes, suit look anything <laughs> yes. better than the dinosaur? Ah, uh, uh, you're gonna make me pull up because the dinosaur it's like a water dinosaur, Doesn't, yeah, right? Like it's a, he just swims. Yes, magic Leoparadon. Or does it look like like a beached whale as he's trying to <laughs> wiggle around on? He's Gunner's googling Leo, the Leo Plaridon. Is it a mecha? What is it? Yes. So, <clears throat> as Gunner's googling the Leo Plaridon, Gunner, this, this is, is this is this is this is Leo Plaridon. That that's that looks exactly like a transformer. It's like a Gundam, yeah, a transformer. Yes, no, uh, Transformers <laughs> originated. In but Japan. it was it was this it was this crazy it was this crazy. But let me see. Uh, let me see. So. You say Leo Plaridon, I expect it to look something like a water-based <laughs> no. creature. This thing, we pull up Leo Plaridon robot, and it looks, I say it looks like Optimus Prime because I'm not very cultured, and I'm sorry if I if I insult a whole bunch of Transformers fans. Oh, but what it no, really looks like no, 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 is it no, looks no, like no. It looks like most of the robots from the Power Rangers, the, the guys that they go against or the guys that they form, I don't even see anything that resembles water life in this. Oh, and is that Spider-Man at the bottom? Yes. Whoa, 
he's a little tiny. Yes, no, that's that's he had a giant. He had, this this is actually the archetype from which that whole Tommy the Green Ranger kind of spung. <laughs> no, like the, the this that that was really where that can that the so you know like you had you had some stuff like you know Mecha Godzilla or Jet Jaguar or. Stuff like that in the Godzilla movies, but really, like this, the Sentai kind of was an outgrowth of that because there was this whole co- yeah. And I guess this gets into the, like the origin of like kaiju in the West versus Japan because mm-hmm. the giant monsters in America, like Western filmmaking, up until like basically 1950, when did for the first Godzilla come out? 1954. 54. But everything was stop motion, mm-hmm. so you'd have like you'd have like you'd, you'd have the clay pup, you'd have your clay puppet or something like that, and effectively you'd be doing like camera, camera in camera photography, and you know like you have the, we'd we'd have giant monster movies, but it was always like it was a, it was a separate composite, you know like it was a separate composite thing, and you'd have like you'd be doing stop motion animation, and where, where Japan came in is like screw that, we don't have the budget for it, we'll just make giant suits because we had all of the you know like basically we had all these theater guys that were yeah and and you know and again it's like this this as this builds up you know as they get more and more comfortable doing like the monster suits and stuff like that that's when you start seeing the robots come in because it was like you know you have this you have this influx of people who were in like kind of traditional media that was challenged at the time due to the post-war shake-up and you know, as they start building the robot suits for King, like you know, kids, fucking robots are rad. So you again, that you have the the uh, as I'm losing my topic, my brain fart. But anyways, you have you have the the, the I don't know. So, super, so you're pretty super, much I mean, saying that the robot suits were almost a result of the monster suits. Yes, and. Uh, Le- Leopard on there is kind of like the the archetype from which all the like you know you're, you're uh, yeah I'm getting close oh <laughs> ice talking to the mic yeah 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 uh, Leopard on there is kind of the archetype from which the the modern Super Sentai or you know that that Spider Man series is the the archetype the modern Super Sentai series came from because like you had super robots and stuff like that and cartoons and comics but no one had done it as kind of like this live performance thing. Until then, and I get, but I so, guess where where it goes is that Leopardon is kind of funny because effectively they built they built like the ultimate one the first go out, and because of just the fucked up way the Japanese television industry worked at that time, they threw the suit out three <laughs> weeks and into the fucking production, so they only had like the shots that they originally did. So it's kind of oh. this thing. So they they had to like splice it in, and Leopardon has the distinction of being the only giant robot that has never lost a fight. Because they didn't have a losing oh sure they never footage yeah. filmed for it it was like canned footage stock just, footage yeah <laughs> well you know it's funny that that you talk about how how they film it in the suit because one of the things that I had a problem with growing up with Power Rangers was that you'd have this like this like super bright color interaction between these like I believe it was paint they were painted as high school students when it was first released in the states and. All of a sudden, it would cut to this like completely different camera style where they were fighting, and it was very obvious growing up that we just got footage from some other thing and just injected it in. And it, and it was even more obvious sometimes because the, um, I believe some of the, uh, some of the bad guys had to be mouthed over, and that you could tell was was dubbed. So we didn't know it at the time. 
that the footage came from Japan, but we were pretty sure that the fighting scenes from the uh, Western Power Rangers uh, came from somewhere else. This is like pre-internet, folks. So there was no like going on the Literally. internet, and, I, yeah, finding right. out where this stuff I, came from. I'm, I'm pretty. Eating it, you're looking. He's like, I'm pretty sure the Yellow Ranger has a bulge. That's not. That's <laughs> not the same person. That is not. I, I can maybe it's a stunt double thing, but I am just. So, <laughs> um, so Brown. Christine brought a lot of these figurines with her today. Figures. Um, Figures. Thank you. What's a figurine? What's the it's difference? A tiny little like miniature thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, but there's a name for that too in in Japanese, right? Chibi. Chibi, chibi. just means oh, small. Yeah, yeah, chibi means small. I love chibis. That's like cute little super deformed. So cute. Um. So, is there any other ones? I see one that's like he looks like he's metallic blue. This one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this. So every year in Chicago, there's a convention like a, called yes. G Fest. Love G Fest. Well, this was actually um, an event exclusive from last year. Um, there was actually a Kiryu that came with it. I didn't bring Kiryu, but there was only sixteen of these made. The company is called Marmot. But so Linda from Chibi Goji Toys, she and her son Noel designed, came up with the design and the color, and basically everything. There's like a chromatic kind of film inside of this so it looks shiny on the inside well they had these figures up for lottery at g-fest so you don't write your name on ticket put it in and hope they called your name and i got called so i won one of these sets so excited because blue is my favorite color it came with like they did a whole bunch of cute things they put like candy with them blue candy and all this kind of stuff so this one's really special to me because i i missed out the year before I didn't win the lottery set, so I'm excited to see what the set is going to be this year. So what she's holding looks like a fairly classic Godzilla-style Godzilla, but it has these really... It's its blue, it's semi-transparent, and it has these really cool, what look like blue flames coming out of its back, although I, I, I assume that's spines. part of its spine. Yeah. But that's larger than its normal spine, right? Or is that um, pretty well, normal? This is the Millennium Godzilla, so his spines were bigger. His spines were bigger. Very cool. And how many did you say there were? Sixteen sets. There was sixteen. And how many? Um, how many people go to? Uh, and is it called G Fest? Is it called Godzilla Fest? G Fest. G Fest. That's what it's called. G Fest. How many attendees were at G Fest that put in for this lottery that were hoping they could get this uh, this Godzilla figure? Uh, I'm not sure how many put in, but the attendance is usually about two to three thousand for G Fest. Two to three thousand. Yeah. So you got a rare chance of getting that guy. Yeah. Because Marmot, so the company that makes these is called Marmot, and Marmots are really popular to select just because of the style that they're made. And I have a few Marmots. I'm more into the Toy Graph series, which is um, like these. These They all are stylized figures, so they don't look like straight off the movie screen. So I'm a big Toy Graph fan. Um, the, the Toy Graph company actually went out of business in 2010. Um, the owner became sick. He actually passed away in 2016. So I was sad to hear that because I would have loved to get more. But these figures are really hard to find, the Toy Graphs, because when he made them, he only made about in between 50 to 100 of each of each mold. And some of them were special events. Like There's three different versions of this one. This is the 54 Godzilla this is actually based off the maquette version from the first film. There was 
I think three different maquette versions that were made. One that had scales, alligator scales, they called it like this. Mm-hmm. And then the one that had like the celluloid, kind of the bumpy skin that we see on him now. Yeah, and this so this one, was based off the alligator version. And scales. his face is completely different. His yep. face is much more, I would almost describe it as cartoonish. It looks more of like a caricature mm-hmm. than it would um, like a like a lizard face or, or whatever. But that's also got kind of like a more traditional... Japanese illustration style to his, you know, like... Like a yokai kind of monster. These are my favorite. These were hard to track down because there was three different color versions. There was this one, a bright green one that came with the Ogata Diver. Um, This came with the Sarazawa Diver. And then there was a green spray, glowy, that came with a glowy Sarazawa Diver. And the green one and this one... We're both sold directly at the stores in Shibuya. So you actually had to go to the counter and be like, I want to buy that one. You couldn't get it online. You couldn't. You had to go to, I think it was it was the Mandarake store, which is a big toy store in Japan. So you'd have to go up to the counter when these were available and say, yo, I want that one. So did you have, did you get that at that store in Japan? No, this came out years ago. I think okay. this was 2006. So these actually got online. There's a Japanese auction website that I stalk every day. Sure. Yahoo Japan Auctions. And that's where you can find like anything and everything. And it's hard. Like these are hard to come by. I've seen only two of these in the last couple of years that have been listed. And as soon as this one I actually bought from another fellow collector. He was selling it and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I need that one. <laughs> Now, another one that caught my eye as you were coming in had three heads on it. What's the story behind that guy? He looked more like a dragon. Look at this. This is King Ghidorah. This is the 60s King of the Showa King Ghidorah, we call him. He's from the 60s and 70s films. So, this is by Gigabrain, which is another stylized company, toy making company in Japan. So, these are actually. This. The, the King Ghidorah at Gigabrain is really popular with collectors. There's a whole bunch. They always come out with different colors. So the gold one was the original one. They have like teal, purple. They're beautiful. And they're usually sold at events. There's two toy events in Japan. Um, really big ones that have a lot of the Godzilla figures. Super fast and wonder fast. So normally for the special color ones like this, you'd have to go to the fast wait in line and hope you get one before they run out. This one, I think, was from Superfest last year. And what she's holding up, it looks like a three-headed dragon. Is that what it is? Yep. It's a three-headed dragon. It has very similar, um, I think you said, like, alligator scales um, to what I think some of the Godzillas come with. But it's got the three heads. The wingspan on this thing is maybe two feet wide. It's huge. Um and, uh, and is this somebody that Godzilla fights, or is this a modification? Yeah. Planet X. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, he's from Planet X. He's like one of his biggest I don't arch know enemies. Can, I don't know if you can possibly comprehend how much I'm having to stop myself from doing a horrible King Kidra impression right now. <laughs> I tried it once before, it sounded awful. He has a very distinctive call. Mm-hmm. Like some like like ear-shattering... Growl well, or something? it's because the, there's three of them at once, but it, yeah, it's kind of like this. It's oh. it's a chirp. It's like a, 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 a high pitched like chirp. And the, the thing is, is that they've kept it through every single one of the. Okay, it's like a signature. You know, like yeah. they, they they've messed with Godzilla's call, but yeah, mm-hmm. King Ghidorah has always kind of just stayed the. Ghidorah, like would you say he's mo- the most visible uh, antagonist? In oh yeah, the, as far yeah. as kaiju go. Yep. Yeah, like 
So if I knew it, if I knew anything about Japanese monsters, then I would not be asking what that three-headed dragon is. I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like his biggest like enemy. People are actually know exactly what he looks like when you call him by name if they know this stuff. Very cool. Now the other the other thing that I was very intrigued with um, about your involvement with with uh, Godzilla, but specifically G Fest. Although I might have my events wrong, is um, uh, Christine and I are friends on Facebook, so I get to see her news feed. And she, from from what I've observed, you've not only been on some panels there, so you're sitting in front of a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but you've also, from what it appeared, you played host to some people that came here. Uh, oh yes. So when the suit actors come over. Well, when I first started going to conventions, I would go to meet the suit actors and get their autographs and all that. And eventually I got taken on as staff for them. So here's like this dream I never thought, I never thought I'd ever be able to meet the guys in the suits that played these monsters. And now I work for them. (laughs) So yeah, when they come over, we take them, there's like a few days we take them sightseeing around whatever, like we went to New York City, so we took them around the city. And then at the actual convention, you know, we, we take them to their panels. We help move the line through, take pictures for people, help with autographs and all that kind of stuff. So it's really amazing. You just spend all day with these people. And then you become really close friends with them. And, like, we talk online. And Megumi, she's one of the main actresses from the 90s films. She was in all the 90s films. Um, she's going to be coming here for G-Fest this year. And I can't wait to see her again. She was here for the first time in, like, 20 years at Chiller in New Jersey last year. So that was her first appearance in 20 years in the U.S. And a lot of fans came out to see her because she's, well, I mean, she is the actress from the 90s movies. So. so so most people haven't actually had a chance to play host to an actor or actress. You not only did that, but you did it with, an, with, with, an, with actors and actresses that are from... Japan. Yeah. How like how is the language barrier there? Um how much English did they speak? How much Japanese did you speak? How was it hanging out with them? Was it was it tricky or are you did you guys were you guys able to fill the gaps? Um I know a little bit of Japanese enough to have basic like I can if I can't say the words usually I can understand what they're saying mm-hmm. and they know a little bit like Nakajima who's the original suit actor from the 50s movies he didn't know any English but his mm-hmm. daughter Sonoe would usually come with him she knew some and Google Translate mm-hmm. I'm telling you we just talk right into it show each other the phone oh yeah 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 or we could I mean pretty much figure it out but some of the other helpers like Dao he helps he knows a lot of japanese so he would translate a lot of things for us like when we go to order food uh, i mean usually they can tell what they want just by looking at it but um no he was he's extremely helpful in translating and communicating more than me <laughs> did you take them to any japanese restaurants while they we were did. here <laughs> <laughs> yes because usually at each event that they show up to we have like a special vip dinner mm-hmm. so um a limited number of fans, maybe like 20, sometimes 30, would have the opportunity to get a ticket to go on out and have dinner with them one night. And yeah, it's usually a Japanese restaurant. How uh, how did we do? Good. No, the fans love the fan dinner. I love the fan dinner when I was a fan. I was going. It's, it's because you get to sit, like, you get to sit at the table with them, converse with them, you know, hang out with them. And then there's like a little period afterwards. You can get autographs and all that and pictures. And they give you a little gift and... It's oh, it's so much fun, and the fans love it because you don't really get that opportunity. Like, how many people get the opportunity to say, you know, I had dinner with Godzilla? 
Now, with the fan dinner, um, so you said that these these conventions can pull in two thousand people. Mm. With the fan dinner, you, I, we obviously can't have two thousand people in a restaurant. No. Is is it a similar lottery system for the fan dinner, or is it a first come first serve? How does that end up? Working it's out? a first come first serve. So usually we'll announce it before. Be like, we're gonna be giving away so many tickets. I mean, we're not really giving away, but you'd have to buy is a it, ticket. To is go. it is it is it basically included as part of the what do they call it the membership or something like that when you sign mm. up for G or how how does GCon handle it? Well, GFest, we actually the fan dinner there. They just started doing. I think last year was the first year they did it. But yeah, it's a different. You'd have to pay a separate price okay. to get into the actual dinner. So when we would have the dinners at these other conventions like Chiller, we went to Alien Con, Spooky Empire. You'd have to buy the ticket to get in and we'd have maybe 25 30 tickets depending on how big the restaurant was and where we were going and all right and this is a and this is a hint to what i've been attending recently is that i'm talking about this particular this particular mathematical arrangement because usually it's based on the the the, the registration fee that you uh nope, you pay separate. okay yep separate thing very cool so detective that out internet so how much how much involved are you in the planning of the of the fest? Are you you said that you know you're you're actually like working with them now? Um, how much are you involved in the planning of that? Are you like, is this your second year, fifth year? Like describe like like when it comes to hosting that event, like how involved do, do you get in that process? Well, it's my third year helping out. I don't actually help out too much with the actual convention going. Like I don't do any of the the convention planning. That's all to like the uppers, but. They just say, you know, be here at this time, take them here, do this with them. I'm like, okay. Autograph sessions are at this time, this room downstairs, make sure you get them down there. This time's their panel, make sure you get them down there. And then last year, so at GFest specifically last year, I got to help out. So there's a toy company in Japan called M1. And I think I brought some M1 figures here. Yeah, I have a couple in the box. And I was really big at collecting M1 figures. Uh, so they came to GFest last year, and I got to help and work at their table selling and they're okay. coming back this year and it was nuts because m1 is people love collecting m1 stuff so mm-hmm. as soon as the dealer's room opened it was so it was crazy so if it's i like were to if i were to envision this it, is this one of those situations where you have a whole bunch of people crammed in in a convention and a retail really a retail store opens up with something that they could never buy locally Mm -hmm. right i mean that's really what this m1 is is it's a storefront that they could never find in their city they would have to find it online Online. they'd never be able to actually pick up and touch these these uh these figures before they purchase them Mm -hmm. and you're saying that you actually helped them sell yep so you're checking people out you're swiping credit cards it was like they sold out the first day pretty much everything was gone Really? Like next, really, to, to this year, bring a lot more because <laughs> people just—I don't know what it is—but M1 just like the style that they have, and there's a lot of figures that they have that are really popular, and they'll have like the same mold of one figure but in different colors. So somebody's like, "Oh, I'm looking for this color." Like I, there was a Titanosaurus that I really wanted. That was like a blue chrome. It was an exclusive from one of the fests, and they had one that they brought, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've been looking for this one forever!" So I got that. <laughs> Very cool. Now, for somebody who 
um, somebody who's going and, and buying these things, would they would they already know the prices that they're getting into? Is your is the, the rare chrome one that you're looking at, does that cost more? I mean, what type of price, like average price, would somebody be looking to spend on one of these guys? And I, and I would understand you, that they, they have, vary. Yeah, it does vary. But actually, we they sold them for pretty much retail. Like, then they, the Titanosaurus that I bought, you can find it online for like, Hundred plus, sometimes two hundred, sixty bucks. And wow. I was like, and, and we're like, are you sure you want to sell it for this? Like, so one of their. So it's no wonder they sold out. Yeah, I mean, you can when they first come out, you can find them online for sixty. But like the rare variants, those are obviously more. And so they have one figure that's super popular. It's, it's the Nakajima figure. So Nakajima was the the actor in the original fifties and sixties and seventies in the Godzilla suit. So there's this one really popular picture of Nakajima where he has the half suit on. So he just has the legs on for some of the shots of the movie. And then you can see him with the, like, just him, like, at the, let me grab it. Okay, yeah, when you came in, I definitely saw a human... Half human, half ha- Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, and he has. I, I actually thought it was some weird baby because <laughs> he has like this. What I thought might be like a bonnet or something on his head, but it's clearly now I can tell it's like a cap um, to hold his for hair sweat, down while. Yeah. Oh, for, oh, it's for sweat. Mm-hmm. Because it would get hot in the suit. He could only wear it. Oh I think, yeah. For two minutes at a time is two hundred pounds. Is not. And he has the white, like white s- straps that attach to the inside of the suit, holding the bottom half of the suit. Yep. Onto his, onto his body. Shoulders, um, yeah. And he's wearing a watch. He is. <laughs> he has a very nice uh, <laughs> watch going on there. So this figure is really, really popular. And they don't have a lot of... There's three different colors of it. Well, there's four now. But... Um, so this one is expensive to find online. Like sometimes 350 400 150 usually. But it depends on what the color is. This one I actually had signed by him. At a, I'm pretty sure it was Anime Boston. I thought it was a badass tattoo at first. Oh. <laughs> so on his back, he has the signature. So this, a lot of collectors want because there's not a lot of figures of he, the human characters from the movies, and sure. there's not. And th- actually, I think this is the only one of Nakajima. So this is really popular. So we told them bring a lot of those because a lot of fans want them, and they are hard to find. Very cool. Now, not only did not only do you help host, but you've also gotten in front and done, at least from what I've seen, you've actually done some of the. Uh, uh, I think you call it a panel. Panels, yeah. Explain the explain the panels. Like, how many panels would they have throughout the conference? Um, what types of panels do they offer? And then, what was your panel? So at G Fest, I've only done panels at G Fest so far. Um, there's there's panels all so GFS is three days long and there's panels all day. There's ones that are interviews with the actors that we have that come in, um, artistic panels like Matt Frank is a really popular comic book artist, so he usually has a panel. Um, there's a lot of YouTubers that have their own panel, like Rich Iso from Fresh Final Reviews. Um, he always, I mean, he's super popular just because of his outgoing and like energetic mm-hmm. being that he is so i was on a fresh panel fresh vinyl live panel where we talked about new and upcoming figures we talked about figure of the year what we thought was the best figure that came out of 2017 2016 um 
What other panels were I on? Oh, and then I'm involved in this group called Summit Kaiju. So we designed our own kaiju. Mm-hmm. And we had a photography contest last year, which we're also doing this year. Um, there's a couple different categories where people could submit a photo that they took of a figure. Um, we have, like, in a different category, like, one is kaiju in nature. But at, they're, like, um, macro or something like that. Now, when you designed and, your own, was it did you did you just design like your interpretation of Godzilla, or was it just some random? Oh, brand new kaiju, brand new. Yeah, and so we're doing another one this year too. Did you just do? Did you just do like like a like a two D drawing of it, or did you have somebody on the on the team actually make like a three D rendition of it so it could eventually be printed? Well, some kaiju is Jeremy Souls. Like that's his thing. That's so, and we're just we're, we're part of it. He had somebody that actually designed. He told him what he wanted, what he was looking for, and this guy came back and gave us a few different ideas that he had, and we would go through and cherry pick, like, oh, well, we like this one, we like this, the head on this one, and we like the body of this one, and we like the tail, and he just pushed them all together, and we're like, that's it. Very We cool. like it. <laughs> so we debuted the first Summit Kaiju last year, and this year we have a new one that me and a couple other people have designed so i'm really excited to to show that there do you think you're gonna do you think you're gonna try making molds of them and actually get your own copy of it well we did a 3d printed version of Mm -hmm. the one last year i'm not sure if we're doing it this year if we have time we probably would which is really exciting and we think maybe maybe we might make a few actual like figures of it to to sell and all that so that's really exciting now, as we're all in front of microphones right now being recorded, it's a little different because it's just us. Um, we've all introduced ourselves, um, so we know a little bit about each other. Um, but it's a lot different when you're on a panel, right? And you're in front oh, of yes. people that you don't know. And mm-hmm. was your panel being stre- streamed live at the time? Um, I wasn't being streamed live. I know the Summit Kaiju one was. Fresh Final, he usually has it recorded, and then he'll post it up later. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm not good with... I get so nervous being... I don't like being up in front of mm-hmm. people looking at me. So the first year I did it, I was all over the place. I was nervous. I would, like, forget what I was saying. I would say things wrong. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Everybody's going to think I'm such an idiot. But, I mean, you get used to it after a while. You just have to kind of, like, phase everybody out. Because when you're talking about something you love, right. like... It comes naturally. You go on for hours. <laughs> but you still draw blanks, right? I mean, I, oh, yeah. There's times when I go up to get money out of an ATM and I can't remember the PIN number I've had for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And yes, I just used the phrase PIN number. It's a, re- <laughs> it's a redundant acronym. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know what it's like to be in front of something, to, to, to feel nervous and, and, and to forget stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this year I've come prepared with, I have my, and I didn't do it last year and I wish I would have, a sheet with all the things I want to say so I don't remember, so I don't forget in case I get nervous and just blank out. Um, so I'm prepared this What year. I've done is I've put like 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 reminder notes down, right? Mm-hmm. So if I stumble, yep. I just find a word, Yep. right? And the word might be, I don't know. I, I can't think of a good analogy from from a Godzilla perspective, but you know, like I'll help. Like I, I have a I have a son that does presentations for 4H, and um, he did one on the Beatles. So what I did is I I would put like like Liverpool on there, right? Because you know oh, that was one of the yeah. cities, and and as he reads that, it reminds him, and then he can think. And um, from my experience, when it comes to public speaking, I think it's better to not write every word. Yeah. Just to write down the ideas, but a lot of people write every word and pull it off pretty. Oh yeah, pretty, I, pretty well. I have just like okay, this is the topic. This is the topic. This is the movie I want to talk about. 
so I won't. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? What was it? I forgot what it's called. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just look, I'm randomly looking at Godzilla stuff while we're talking. Well, toys. I'm looking at. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I love toys. I'm I'm, just, I'm I'm looking at Godzilla in G Fest and people dressing up as monsters at G Fest. Oh, see, I want to. I someday to myself, I'm gonna to, make a costume. <laughs> and trying to talk myself out of like throwing the printer print farm at uh, black super alloy uh, Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> So Godzilla, it'd be, it'd be a nice change of pace from the Pokemon and other nonsense. What if Mechagodzilla had AI and he killed you? <laughs> Mechagodzilla, if it developed AI, it would definitely kill Gunner. He'd kill all of us. I'm sorry, no. Gunner. I'm sorry, Gunner, but the new Gunner is going to take over. Gunner is fated to be destroyed by his creation. <laughs> Gunner is not smiling right now. <laughs> it's completely true. <laughs> all parent, parents have children solely for the fact that they want something to replace them. To end them. So something we don't talk about too much on this podcast, um, and it makes sense that Gunner picks picks the Mecha. Um, Gunner is big into robotics. He's into a lot of things, but he's big into robotics. He's always been into robotics, and he's been trying to build different robotic things over the years. None of them, I don't think, have developed a consciousness, though. Oh, you would argue? I argue that most people I know haven't developed a consciousness either. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Or conscience. I don't know. He, he, sometimes they get confused sometimes. So the interesting thing I think about Godzilla, um, a, it's. I mean, why are you qualifying? It's a giant. He's a giant atomic lizard. This is why, because <laughs> I feel like the way that Godzilla started, and you can correct me at any time for sure. It was uh, it's a monster movie, right? But it's like it's the biggest monster movie in the history of monster movies. And what's terrifying about a monster movie is essentially it's a fucking disaster movie. It's like a na- natural disaster movie, but it's not natural. It's not something right. you know. It's not like an earthquake. Or, I mean, earthquakes happen in Godzilla, obviously, when he like emerges or whatever, and typhoons and things like that. But it's like those things are terrifying because they can really happen. But now there's a giant fucking lizard that breathes mm-hmm. re- like radioactive. Radioactive fire, yeah. Radioactive fire, right. So what's very interesting to me is how, and maybe you can talk about this, Christine, because like, Godzilla almost, like I want to say from what I remember, turned campy. Like Maybe not campy, but like it's like, oh, yeah, it's Godzilla. We love Godzilla. But, like, he starts out as like, mm-hmm. oh, God, no, like, the worst thing imaginable to humanity. Yeah. But then he kind of like turns into, at some point, I don't want to say like a pet, but maybe kind of like this, like stray dog that he could bite you and get rabies, but like he'll also protect you, or not give you rabies necessarily. But like he'll also like protect you and kind of stand up for you. Be radioactive rabies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did so it did start out like he was this terrifying force of nature, and then it started getting more towards he was like friend of the earth, friend of children. There, I mean, there's a movie, Son of Godzilla, where he has a little baby. And then there's Godzilla's Revenge, where you bring in kids to go and visit the island in their dreams and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and then and then it it then in the 80s, 90s, it turned back into they wanted to bring him back because the 70s it kind of started fading out, and they brought him back in the 80s and early 90s as this force of nature again that was to be terrified and. Destroying that's actually, the earth and that's actually really one of the best things that came out of that freaking one oh what the heck's the name of the studio they, they again they they did uh pacific rim too but what was the, what's the 
What was the 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 new Western Godzilla that they did legendary? with Brian? Yeah, legendary. But that that's that was really one of the nice things about that was that it isn't like fucking the Matthew Broderick campy shit. They just yeah, Godzilla yeah, is this fucking that. Godzilla is just a typhoon with with feet and that poops. The thing I kind I liked about the newer Western Godzilla was it kind of harkened back to there were moments where I was like, oh god, this is like. It's like that real it is that it kind of instills that fear and horror into you like mm-hmm. but it also did marry that with like hey Godzilla's our friend though ultimately like yeah. we're all from earth like I mean he's not necessarily my friend he has no problem stepping on me or eating well probably wouldn't eat me I wouldn't <laughs> be much of a morsel for him even my size but um it, I definitely think it married the two a little bit I mean the acting aside from Brian Cranston was pretty terrible but mm-hmm. um it was really cool to see like this in this style area, which is funny because I was about to say it kind of almost Cloverfield type of feel where like it was kind of yeah. really scary because Cloverfield's a complete like rip of Godzilla. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the idea. Like that's yeah. almost like the origin of it. I felt like Cloverfield was a rip of Half-Life. <laughs> well, you know, every, where they every, open the portal and shit starts crawling through. <laughs> every, every, everybody's an incestuous mix of each other because Half-Life is a rip off of a Stephen King's Stephen King story. What's the name of the Stephen King story? That would be The Mist. The Mist, yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, that's the whole, that's that. The whole, but The that's Mist the whole was kind of lame, though. Well, right? Because wasn't the story. The, 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 the story well, no, no, I'm sorry. The, I liked the movie, yeah. but The Mist itself wasn't a badass monster, right? It was well, just. Well, badass monsters came from it. Oh, they did? Because, again, it's like this whole thing. I think you think of The Fog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's The Fog and The Mist. Yeah. And the five was badass too, but if I was like badass old like piratey yeah, type pirates. dudes, well, like you know, leper pirates, <laughs> you, you know that it's canon that that's the same universe as Stranger Things, right? The 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 fog or the mist? The, the mist. Really? No, I'm uh, actually completely bullshitting. I, <laughs> but, <laughs> I was gonna say, what? but you never know. Um, but you know, but but yeah, because basically the the whole thing, because effectively the gist of the the the, the you know, because Black Mesa, you know, the whole opening a portal to this other parallel dimension. Because you know you're you're in the first person perspective, in, and again that's kind of funny because literally it's the same story. It's just that when you do it in Half Life, you're in the first person perspective as opposed to the Mist, where it's like you're this fucking you're the fucking meat puppet that's consumed <laughs> by the beings from beyond space and time, and you got the army going to like trying to clean this up. But yes, is that like there's this thing called the Arrowhead Project where they're freaking trying to sneak into the upside down so they can go around uh, Soviet defenses, and it's like oh by the way. Just because there's this other place doesn't mean it, it actually, actually it's the same. It's they're all canonically related because it's the the mist was in the same universe as Stranger Things, which is in the same universe as um, Event Horizon, which is actually the only Warhammer 40k movie that we've ever gotten. What does that mean? Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, 40K is uh, tabletop blood for game. The blood blood um, for the blood god. Skulls for the skull. Bro. Um. <laughs> But it's uh, what the fuck? It's those actually. Those are actually uh, figurines uh, that are really popular. Oh, okay. People customize them, paint them. They're like they. I think they're originally pewter, but they're yeah. plastic now. But it's essentially it's tabletop gaming um, that's a little more involved with uh, strategy and placement on a map. Mm-hmm. And How, the good, and the good guys are religious Nazis. Yeah, the human like be, the human race, the is blood the angels, light, the, the, light, the light of. The light. Yes, but the, the the upside down and the mist are effectively the warp. 
So yeah, like the warp in this is uh, the chaos. Like there's is it the chaos? It, so you're it, saying the, with these? I'm trying to translate here because my brain can't handle what you're saying, <laughs> but that's fine. That's the problem with my brain, not with you guys. Um, so the uh, what you're saying is with these tabletop games, there's a concept of a warp. Yeah, there's like a so there's like a warp, which is like a uh, like a it's we used it to travel places quickly, like uh, like in Event Horizon, the movie. Did you see Event Horizon? Mm-hmm. Long and did you see Event Horizon? I don't. Lawrence know. Fishburne, really good. I don't know if I saw it. Underrated. Event Horizon is a movie that is successful immensely in like in every step. It's it's successful in spite of itself. So it's essentially they develop this technology. So they create like a, a wormhole so that you can inst- – because you can't really travel at the speed of light or whatever. They can't figure it out. So they they fold space and time. Okay. But unfortunately, yes, you fold space and time, but there's that little itty-bitty sliver that's still there. And unfortunately, that sliver is what we would equate to as like hell. And the short amount of time that you may have spent there – or I mean this this what the Event Horizon was the ship or whatever. Yes. It was gone for like 10 years. But it was probably in hell for like hundreds of years, and it was just like torment and lament. Yeah, you should you should see Event Horizon. Trace. It's ter- it's kind of terrifying. I mean, I want to watch it now. You should. Yeah, it's sci fi. You'll be into it a little bit. I definitely I have it. not seen this movie. I, all the pictures are people getting tortured. Why see, is that? Well, because it's like hell. The well, ship yeah. went to hell and came back with something well, haunting it it. it. it gets it gets into like I mean like there's actually some high concept shit in there too. Although you can you can say that you're reading into it, but yeah, because like the effect. The concept, you know, and not that that's not that that's really the case that it's the Warhammer 40k thing, but you know, like it's it's funny because they touch on the same idea and that effectively, the other place is one just because you can exist there doesn't mean that it's not inherently hostile to you, and two, like the warp is effectively the 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 pool, the collective unconsciousness of every sentient being. In the material universe, but on a, isn't it tough to use to do on a board game? Okay, so you're what you're. What's appealing about Warcraft 40k? Blood for the blood. It's, like I said, it draws so many people because a lot of people like it for because it's very stylistic and you can mm-hmm. customize these pieces and whatnot. But there's a fuck ton of lore behind all of it, like behind all the different factions and all the different races and all of that stuff. So like that's StarCraft is StarCraft and Warcraft are effectively the baby the training wheel versions of those stories because Warcraft is a, a crib of the original Warhammer fantasy setting and StarCraft is a crib of the Warhammer 40K fucking humans confronting the the fact that we are made of meat and you know everything in the universe is more adequately equipped to get rid of us. Yeah, so like Warhammer is like if you can think of Warcraft, it's like very medieval kind of orcs against humans and then it, it builds significantly more on that with different factions different races warmer 40k the 40k is like the year 40k so like okay. it's all mechanized uh you know everything has gotten technologically way more advanced and but in certain ways it's like they they just live on and some of these factions like live on the old technology like they and they worship that as like gods and stuff like that so it's almost like the, you're, 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 watch, you're watching a civilization that has basically it's a post it's a post transhuman society that's afraid of computers. Oh, very interesting. See, and like I, I notice a lot of these things they they really they bank on the idea that whatever comes and visits us is going to eat and kill us. 
But like I think the Avatar is probably a better example where no, they're peaceful on the other side, and we're gonna fuck their shit up. Well, actually, Guess what? The- we're gonna kill all of you because you have one mineral, and that mineral makes us rich. It makes us better. We're gonna bring it back to our planet. Fuck your peaceful society. Like it seems like a lot of these bank on the idea that on the other side is something like like Stranger Things, where there's just these monsters that just they just love to eat humans. They just want to eat you. It seems like there's a there's a there's got to be an equal and opposite chance. Well, actually, that it, we want to eat them. What if they're all delicious? Well, they're just living cupcakes. I would be. The, I would it's, sign up to be the shock trooper to invade that fucking planet. Like, there's cows. There's cows here. There's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of cattle, but they don't have bones. You can just slice and eat them. Like this is just a perfect delivery of food ham to sandwich. mouth. Yeah, yeah. They just ham sandwiches grow on trees in the other world. There's but a they're chance. also sentient. Oh, oh. Yes, they're alive they're, ham sandwiches. They're, 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 they're ham sandwiches that can do algebra. That's really the threshold. You know, it's like. Or avocado that doesn't turn brown. <laughs> oh, you imagine making a dish with avocado and having it good two hours later? But no, but it, I, I don't, don't know wanna, if I'm talking to people that don't like avocado. I actually I love like avocado. avocado. <laughs> it's a staple in my I diet. I want you to think. I want you to think this through to its logical conclusion. If it is an avocado that doesn't turn brown, that means it doesn't have apoptosis, mm-hmm. i.e., cell death. Mm-hmm. So you're eating this living. You are eating a avocado that will never be digestible, and it will live inside you. Yeah, but that's in our universe. See, you're limited to our universe right now. Forever. There's there's different laws of physics in the other universe their avocado can live with whatever that yeah, weird but like, thing you so, just said yeah but what if you what <laughs> if you perfectly. eat so many what if you eat so many avocados that the avocado like avocado like uh, avocado cells outvote you and then you become a giant avocado how many how many <laughs> avocados <laughs> you. how many avocados you. before and your the skin cosmic ballet continues I can tell you how many avocados before your appendix ruptures. Because <laughs> that happened to me recently. Uh. <laughs> um, I did see uh, Pacific Rim on Christine's advice. She said, I can't wait for this movie to come out, and I did watch it. Diabolos Intercept. That was awesome. And that was pretty cool. Now, hot, the premise of it seemed strikingly similar to something like Godzilla, right? Where something just kind of emerges from the ocean and humans, in this case, humans had to kill the shit out of it, right? Yeah. It, it was not there for good. Um, and then we had to make, I don't, Gunner probably watched that too, but it had the whole robot side of it, right? Where we had to Jagers. build these mecha suits. Jagers. Yeah, you know. What again, are they called? Jaegers. The German word for hunter. Oh. And again, I'm kind of, Again, it's a super bummer because all of the all of the most rad Jaegers are not in the fucking movie. <laughs> Diabolos intercept. What do you mean, most of the rad so it's ones an extended universe, right? Gunner? Well, yeah, like, you know, because you know, Delicio del or Guillermo del Toro, you know, like he just gets he just gets like fucking sat on for all of his like super crazy projects, you know. But yeah, there's uh, I mean, there were I think actually. Not counting like actually in fights, there were seven Jaegers that showed up in the the movie, right? Because there's yeah. the there's the there's the you know the opening clips and stuff like that where they're getting rocked, and then you hit uh was it Crimson Typhoon, Chernobyl? What was that? I don't remember their names. Anyways, but yeah, so you know, but because basically every country every country on Earth had their 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 champion that they had built, and you know all of them have crazy names, but yes, because the Brazil the Brazilian one was uh. Diabolos Intercept, which is basically 
devil devil inter devil devil fighter and but yeah you know it's just uh. <laughs> and there was a sequel to that right uh there is a yeah. s- is it in the yet, is it out out or Does i thought it was in the, yeah that came okay. out earlier this year not sure i wanted to go see it but i haven't seen it. i think it came out yeah march I mean, again, it's 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 the, it is it is a perfect kaiju movie. It has gris, it has gr- gravelly voiced primary character monsters versus robots. Psychic, I mean, come psych, on. You know, mon- <laughs> monsters versus psychic robots. And it was, was get, get in get in the Ava Shinji. <laughs> now get in the fucking Ava. Oh was that purely a Western oh. film? Huh? Was that purely like a did the United States wrote and produced that? Yep, that was us. Very cool. Legendary is kind of weird because effectively the the guy who runs it, I think it's because it is part of Disney, right? But the the guy the guy who runs it, um, everything's Disney. Yeah, yeah it's Disney. Oh, Disney it is now. Everything. It's about to be. And I would have said two or three months ago that maybe that's not a bad thing. And the solo movie came out. No, they 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 <laughs> no, they, I don't they, know. they they sat on that shit. They're like, hey, you guys got you guys need to chill out. But um, Legendary is kind of weird because it's effectively run by a dude who yeah as I, as I talk as I talk shit of potential like yeah like a potential employer Legendary Legendary is run by a dude who he's that guy at the party who's not genuinely interesting but he just like tries to collect a bunch of you know like he tries to. It's like the, it's like the dude from Night Stalker. Fucking, did you see that movie with um? The fuck's the creepy dude? He's he's you see the 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 night the Night Stalker the the one with the the the, the guy where he's like freaking racing around trying to get like all this like the, the bleed it leads. Hmm. I actually don't know what you're referencing right now. Oh, okay, and I as my brain my brain is not he's the 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 guy who was in Donnie Darko, the primary. Jalen oh. Hall? Oh, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like taking pictures of like, crime scenes and stuff. He's yes. getting exclusive footage. Because yeah. there was a way that they described that character in us that effectively he doesn't have any opinions himself. He just quotes back stuff that he read online. Mm-hmm. And legendary, legendary is this thing where it's this dude like he's just because he's, he's, a, he's a very difficult human being. But he started a movie company just for the sake that he said that he could make like a Godzilla movie or something like that. And I guess you know, props to that because like Elon started, Elon basically started a rocket company just because he's like, I want to put, a, I want to put a car in orbit or something like that. So I can't bitch. But are you going to sign up to go to Mars? <sighs> what do you mean sign up? I'm building my own goddamn ship. Good luck. I'm sorry, but you're going to explode. I'm still waiting on my gravity machine, Gunner. Do you, you really owe me that before oh, your spaceship? Listen, you you got you got you got we got we got to get you signed off on your physical. You got a compromised <laughs> immunovascular system. I don't, don't want to. You're going to you're going to She said that she wants a time warp machine. She said she would go back to the Jurassic. I'm going to get a triceratops. Uh, see the problem. The problem is that you can never. Well, actually, here's the question. I want my own triceratops. If you could get, if you could get an entity that, in every way and form, abstractly represented what you thought its triceratops was, is is that good enough? 
I think he's offering to build you one with I mean, like, his robot. Just, no, robot I mean, like, you know, just, if it like, looks like Triceratops in the books, I mean, like, then, basic, yeah, or at the no, museum, basic, basically, <laughs> yeah. just it's if, gonna make its own Triceratops. Well, if 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 you had if you had a riding Triceratops that would, that that behaves in the way that you 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 know, like you mentally expect a Triceratops to do so. Okay. You'd need at least two though, because you want you don't want them to be lonely. Yeah, I would need two. But that, but you're you're. Like it's all the baby. No, it's 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 gone. You're on the hook for two now. It's like it's like Dragon Riders of Pern. You know, it's 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 your bonded. You know, like you you talk to each other. It's an extension of you, and you are an extension of it. Yeah, true. But I mean, can. Yeah, I mean that's fun. You got an animal as your friend, whatever. And it's not animal an animal. It's a fucking triceratops. <laughs> you know what it is? It's that utopian world where everything is made out of delicious meat. Yeah. My <laughs> sorry, sorry, Christine. I'm eating. Your Nobody's eating my triceratops. Right back off. That's why we need multiples. We need multiples. Oh. It'll be all. It'll be all grass fed, though. I'll make uh, sure. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll it'll be a new really McDonald's organic. burger. Well, that and you know, like it's got to play. It's got to play the the immigrant song from Led Zeppelin every time it comes. It comes. It comes over the horizon. But you, you know call what? It. Dun 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 If Christine Triceratops or Boombox came in with that sound every time, I would not eat it. I would not eat it. I, I'm a vegetarian anyway, so I probably wouldn't eat triceratops. What would it is? Would it be a lizard or a It'd bird? It'd probably be pretty gamey. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know though. I've had gator ribs, and mm-hmm. they're fucking delicious. And if right. I had to say, we could draw a comparison from like a triceratops. Actually, though, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, I think it gator gets, bites. It gets, it gets into like a hippo kind of maybe. Yeah. I'm actually. I, I'd, actually lean, bite, I'd, right? I'd actually lean. I'd actually lean more towards ostrich, but that's. Yeah, you know. you're probably. I bet you you're probably right. I've never had ostrich, so I probably won't like it. Uh, chick, uh, uh, <laughs> I have an ostrich funny, omelet. Funny fact: uh, chicken tastes like ostrich. I love chicken. Isn't ostrich like the closest living descendant of the dinosaur? That goofy-looking thing. What? Yeah, like a lot of um, so a lot of newer renditions. It's like scientists have speculate that like they have like feathers, like they have like scales and feathers. Like when you see like a velociraptor from like. Uh, um, Jurassic Park, they actually look more like a an actual like what they think they actually look more like with a bird with like plumes and things like that. Well, I mean, like you know, they've 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 actually found um, as effed up as that is, they actually found a piece of skin from one, like <gasps> tissue. Like, yes, like not like extracted, but I mean, like you know, like it's basically it's a keratin. You know, like they, you oh, know, like again, like, because you know, like but. The the gist is is that there's only so many you know like this gets into the whole like you spend way too much time thinking about things but uh, there's only so many thermal management strategies that evolution has really cranked around and like the bird actually the bird the, the feathered dinosaur method makes a lot more sense because even bird even though birds are warm blooded they don't have the same thermal regulatory mechanisms that mammals do like you know like because we talk about like how we sweat and stuff like that yeah. It's, you know, like again, the 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 war the warm metabolism is actually just one of the requisites for like at least if we start getting into looking at how how we picture dinosaurs like behaving in general, like just the the speed, you know, the the regular the regularness and the speed at which they moved, because of having to to forage, you know, because actually start doing like boring stuff like here's the here's the caloric density that's available within a certain range. Uh, if you're a meat eater, it's like here's how, much, how here's how many of these things I would need to eat a day. Here's their evasion rates. 
But um, and they proved um, well, they theorized, but they showed that in the early development of like a chicken. It actually has the early formation of teeth, but they never actually grow. Oh. And that every bird can grow teeth. Like like from a genetic perspective, there's like one thing that gets turned off. It's kind of like how we could grow tails. Like they can tell when they look at us like, yeah, that's exactly where the tail would be, but they're off by... You know, a couple of uh, you don't really DNA lose, strands or something. You don't you don't really lose genes. You just get another one in in the in the link that kind of suppresses the previous one. But yeah, basically, you know, again, there there's, you know, as they get better at kind of like turning on certain developmental sequences during, um, oh, what the hell? It's not because there is an actual term for like when the the when a fetus is developing, but um. You can, you can, you know, like yes, there, 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 there is a, because they they do it with dogs too, where basically they like freaking, because dogs still actually have their 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 dart, you know, because wolves themselves are kind of actually descended from that original dire wolf gene set, so that size expression gene is all, you know, like basically it's why you can have a fucking dog, a chihuahua, and a mastiff or something like that, but. The mastiff is actually not the full expression of that like size regulation gene, and like they've done that in labs where they've had like fucking dog like ridiculously oversized. Actually, yeah, actually, fucking dogs are scary. Dogs, dogs, dogs are our middle finger to the cosmos because we basically took the we took an apex predator and said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put it in a purse. We're gonna put it in a purse. <laughs> we, we took an apex predator. We're gonna put it in a put purse. Put tutu on and it. We're gonna make it thankful that we've robbed it of its noble of its great and noble lineage. It's even cooler though because like if you look at like a dingo, the dingo, which I believe is canine, but it's not a dog. No, the the, the dingo is a dog. The dingo is actually like the not a dog. The, the dingo. Oh, Are you talking about hyenas? Talking about a dingo. The dingo no. stole my baby. <laughs> Dingo's not a dog, but they breed them with dogs, and then they're cattle dogs, right? But they're half dingo because you can breed them with dogs. They're canine, though, but I believe that they're not dogs, just like a wolf is not a dog. Anyways, mm. Gunner's going to Gunner's gonna prove me wrong right now. He's got his phone out. But what I was going to say, I was going to bring it back to delicious meat. So <laughs> what we've done is we've gotten the dingoes. What'd you find? Well, no. The, the, the dingo, the dingo, well, because the problem, <laughs> it, where, where the thing is, the dingo is a non-marsupial. And what happened is that the dingo is effectively like the Mustang here, mm -hmm. where it was a domestic animal that was released into the wild. They went feral, and it's like basically, you know, like it's one of these things where like you talk about how like genes never really go away, and a dingo looks like a mutt because it's effectively the, all, the, all of those like fucking weird mutations that we force in them get bred out because they basically just mix so much that the archetype of here is what a real dog looks like and you specify non-marsupial because of australia right yes because so many marsupials so many like pouched weird ass mammals have come out of that bizarre section of isolated well the thing again the dingo can only exist in australia because australia is the the beachhead from which the 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 the, the upside down comes into in, into into our world have you had kangaroo before i've not had kangaroo i mean what, what i mean like in 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 like the like the the dinner sense or in the biblical knowing it sense um i don't know How, jesus I would christ like i fucking hope that dinner <laughs> sense, <you freak. laughs> um 
So what so, he's asking you is, did you, have you ever made fuck with a kangaroo? <laughs> oh, I, I was hoping that would get some a better people. Pop. You know, I was know. hoping that would get a better pop. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. I didn't expect I would, that I, question. I, I I would I would know you. Did you see the guy that punched a kangaroo? Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. they kind of have it coming. Yeah, like the kangaroo was, was like kicking his, his dog. dog's ass, and he just walks up and punches it in the face. And it scared the kangaroo away temporarily. Was and the like, dog was the? freed. <laughs> but yeah, like we were ta- you were talking about. Um, so I was trying to transition. I'm sorry I argued with you about the definition of it's a dog or not. I don't really care. <laughs> we do breed them with dogs, Story though. We make cattle dogs out of them, and they're half they're part dingo and part something else. Uh-huh. And on the farms here, what we do it was we not only get the you call them like an apex predator. We get them and we have them bark at the cows and now we can have more meat like we get the apex predator to work for us and he doesn't even get to <laughs> eat the meat know. i wish we could do that with sharks oh, i God. wish we could have like <laughs> <pet> great <laughs> whites a just sh- that's a good shark zoop, 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 zoop. that's a good shark they protect me from other things in the sea there's a, there's shark, a here sharky sharky can there's you a dude down in south africa who does that with great whites they come up they like he has like a he has a pack of them and they come up and like he, he will pet he will pet I mean, yeah there was a dude know, in they india know, they, they know they know him there was a dude in india that that had alligators that Good he could shark. speak to until the fucker chomped him and turned him into the fucking <laughs> oh pieces well, no, it's, again it's but, like but sharks are fish right they're dumb sharks like are they don't have the own, intelligence no to sharks are actually their own like, phylum because they're like it, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird because it gets into that whole like they're they were so good at what you know it's like Wolverine they're the best at what they do and what they do is not nice they're the only ones that do it but uh, they were just so successful that they never really had to be pushed out of their their developmental niche because again like they're the they have cartilaginous skeletons. So basically, the majority of their substructure is not actually calcium derived bone; it's cartilage. Oh, it's yes, like, you know, it's like it's just constant growth. Yeah. It's not necessarily growth, but constant regeneration. They, they, I can they, see yeah, they, they have they have they have, they have live young. Dolphins are smart. Yeah, yeah dolphins, smart. killer whales. I can see us like kind of taming them and being like, "Yeah, I know you like to eat fish, but instead, get a shit ton of fish for us." Here's the net. I know you have a hard time. You don't have any hands. <laughs> But it, Let's go catch us some fish. Go catch us some fish. Yeah, bring them in. Just bring or, them in. Orcas are the douchebag of the seas. <laughs> they really are. They're like it's or if if orca could be personified by any like television show, the orcas would be on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> you guys are dicks. Or Jerry Springer. He's not. He's not. Yeah. Or Jerry Springer. Yeah. He's not wrong. Why? Why would the orcas be on Jerry Springer? Fuckers, are they always cheating on each other? They're well, not. They're just douchebags. Like most animals. When they hunt or feed, they don't play with their meals or, and torture no. them out of yeah. pleasure, essentially. Or, or, orcas, orcas <laughs> straight up actually have bro culture. Like, they'll just, like, you know, like, they, they orcas are one of the few creatures in the natural, in the cool. animal kingdom. You're not. <laughs> like, bro, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like. Cool hat, they, dude. They, they, I know. They, they, they are one of the few animals that we've seen that actually has an equivalent piece statement in their native language that says, hold my beer. <laughs> it's t-shirt time. Yes. Oh, God. Speaking of dude bro, because I've never done real research on it, but if I had a spirit animal in visual form, kaiju visual form, Gigan is probably oh, my spirit yeah. animal. But I feel like 
I don't know like a lot about him. I should probably have researched him as he's you were a guest. He's kind of a jerk. Tell me about Guy again. Like, is he just a dude bro, or does he actually have some sort of a complicated him story? And, him and King Dora are bros. He, <laughs> okay. He's teamed up with some people. I feel like him and Megalon could be bros, too. They, he kind of just, he likes to pick on people. He likes to team up and just pick on people. Pick on Kaiju. He's not... Yeah, he's he is Describe just. Describe what this guy looks like. Gaigan is, is fucking badass. So he's got his probably most notable thing. He's got like a chainsaw that runs up his belly. <laughs> his belly. What? And he's like and always fucking angry. So is he a mecha got, or is the chainsaw like an organic? It's like an organic. He's like a, he's like a space chicken. We call well, he's, him like he's, a space <laughs> robot chicken. He's, yeah. he's got like, he's, a, like a robot chicken head. He is, oh. he is a he is a yeah he is pawn in great game of life because uh, again one of those not. He was actually from Planet X, right? He's an alien, yeah. Well, he's, he's, from, he's an alien. But he, he is a kaiju that was rebuilt as a cyborg by uh, outside invaders. Is basically a terror weapon. So is the one you're describing a cyborg? Yeah, like yeah. he's got metal. Instead of like hands that can manipulate things, they're just like... Scythes. Well, he has, yeah, he has, he has scythes, scythes and, and, and his newest incarnations, he actually has like these double-bladed fucking chainsaw. Chainsaw. <laughs> You know, because oh, so yeah, awesome. he's 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 kind of he's kind of uh, also metal as fuck, but in the sense of not being built of armor, it's just like fuck you. I've got I'm made of meat, and I'm That's fighting right. you with a fucking. There's something about saw. something about him being described as a space chicken just makes yeah, me well, giggle he's a robot inside. Space chicken. If you when you see a picture of him, he's like, he's a space chicken. No he's shit. so awesome though. Yeah, he and, and he's got one stupid. But I red wonder, eye. like, when I see like a. Uh, a design like that, like a lot of the kaiju's have, like some personality and things like this that. Is, and I this wonder, is, this is classic <clears throat> Jigan. Is he just like no really backstory? He just looks badass, and they just created this badass kaiju and introduced him. Yeah, yeah that was I, that's what I was concerned. Like in Godzilla with. versus Gigan, like they just called him. Like he was just they, 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 he doesn't really have a backstory. Like King King Ghidorah came from Planet. Yes, and, and this, 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 and, this I mean, is him. And Gigan his, uh, came from space too, oh, but they newest. don't really say like. Build. Where exactly? He just shows up and fuck shit up. Yep. Yeah. I, I like the fact that like yeah, yeah, he likes to pick on Angie. You know, again, Angie. like it's it's this whole like weird. They have to expand over time, and again, it goes back to that fever that fever dream shit. But Plus just Final like, so again, awesome. yeah. What do you think? Like, I the love the fact that he fucking he fucking spine busted <laughs> Matthew Broderick's. Um, Oh, Godzilla in that movie. Yeah, the final wars, yeah, in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, that that is the kaiju that is the kaiju equivalent of uh of of Taken where like, you know, like the whole idea the whole idea is that a movie is paced that like usually it's like maybe 15% fuck yes moments and it was just an it was an entire film cons- consisting of oh my fucking yeah. god. Final Wars was just the whole movie was just Godzilla going through and just beating up everybody the, the, in a row. What the, what the heck was that Bruce Lee movie where he's like going up the tower? Tower of Death or Game oh, of Death? Die Hard? Game of Death. Game of oh. Death. Yes. Oh no, Bruce. Oh, Bruce Willis or Bruce, Bruce Lee? Lee. Oh, Game Bruce of Death. Lee. Yeah. Yes. And it's, he it's fights just, like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yes. It's just yeah. effectively Godzilla mowing through the yeah. entire roster. That's what Final Wars, like the basis of Final Wars, is. Yeah. Yes. I assume Godzilla triumphant, right? Oh yeah. Undefeated. <laughs> so. Speaking of, we're talking about Godzilla, which we all kind of uh, were exposed to in our youth in the 80s, I'd say. And we all kind of 
I'm seeing a massive resurgence of 80s things uh, getting inserted into pop culture now, which I think is awesome, but it's, you know, it's a little strange to consider <clears throat> something that I experienced as a child is now like considered retro and, and popular. Of course it's retro because it was like 30 years, yeah, like 30 years ago. Um, but it's uh, like with Stranger Things, I think is one of those things that kind of brought, has, oh, has yeah. helped to bring that into prominence. Um, and it's like kind of this, it's this massive phenomenon, but it's 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 kind of inserting things that you wouldn't, I guess, and maybe I wouldn't have assumed at first uh, would kind of become popular again. Like Gunner, I know uh, you had some like you had some examples that you wanted to talk about. Like, what are what are some of those or one of oh, those I'm just, to talk I'm about first? I'm just amazed that like cyberpunk is becoming a thing again. You know, actually, it's 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 funny because we're so we're looking we were talking earlier. I'm looking at the because I was looking at Leah Peridon and. You know, Ready Player Ready Player One. Mm. You know, which it it's funny because we're going back, we're doing this '80s Renaissance, but it's like by people who don't remember the '80s. You know, it, it, it's it's the it's the it's the old joke of um, the Japanese car industry. You know, I can't remember who the comedian was, but he's talking about like how. Um, when the Japanese government like was facilitating the start of the auto industry over there, they they talked with a bunch of German executives, and it's like they're taking notes on it, and it's like they're on the phone. And he's like, "Okay, so you're gonna need four wheels, four wheels. You're gonna need four doors, four doors, two point eight liter engine, point eight liter engine. You know, but it's just you're you're missing details of it. But the 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 whole like." I don't. I don't know if it's a chicken or egg thing too, because effectively we're in exactly the same place. We have a Muppet as the head of the United States. <laughs> we have a Teresa. We have a Teresa. We have a Teresa. We have a Margaret Thatcher analog sitting in charge of Britain. You know, you have an ascendant Russia. You have. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Where was the oh Jesus due to the the fucking shit storm that 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 may potentially rain down on us for that particular comment? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, not to get crazy political, but just a little caveat. Um, do you think that we could turn North Korea into our next next China? Have them manufacture all the shit super Well, cheap? actually, I think I think China will turn North Korea into the next China, but that's. Uh... <laughs> That's that's not, but no. And I guess when I say Muppet, I'm not even talking a political connotation. I'm saying like a person, a person who's famous for being a pretend character instead of like actual, you know, like Reagan. Reagan right. used to talk about all his war stories, and it's like that was a fucking movie you were in, dude. <laughs> you didn't even fucking do that. I went to, I went, I was an astronaut, and it's like that was the movie where you were babysitting a chimp. <laughs> This isn't even like this isn't even dementia. This is just full on. You don't re- you like you've you've lived to pretend too long. He's still in a movie then, right? Who? Then he was still in the movie. Yes, he was because he's in telling the, the truth. He's just talking about the movie that he's in. But you know, like, and again, it's like I I don't know how much of this is chicken or egg thing because like you have all like so much '80s pop culture was kind of informed by this. Yeah, I think the fashion of the pop the, culture is definitely here. I like it too, but mostly it, because it's nostalgia for yeah. me. So I am that like Wade said, it, or one of you two said that a lot of the time it's being um, spearheaded by somebody that does that didn't necessarily live in that era. I kind of like that because what they're doing is they're grabbing 
almost like like the most cliche pieces of it in mm-hmm. making it cool. Like one thing I've noticed is in Stranger Things is is a good example of it. Um, the int- the introduction to that has the um, the VCR slash tape effect where the music actually has like a like it has and the, the crackles. yeah it has the crackles it has like the slowdown because what happened then was it, in order to play audio through an electronic device you had to get a reel of tape and pull it over something now it's almost like the 80s were a regression from the music that came before it because before it you had vinyl and with vinyl it was like this fixed rpm and for the most part the friction on the on the record had stayed about the same the downside to vinyl was the medium was constantly being touched by fingers so you'd get a lot of the crackles and the and in the audio the tape was a little bit better because you didn't touch it with your fingers it was encased inside plastic but what would happen is as the motors were turning the tape and trying to pull it, you get those weird like slowdowns and speed ups. You get the tape hiss too. Yeah, like, and there was a there was an, an elasticity mm-hmm. to the tape, so nothing was ever a fixed tempo, a fixed BPM. So I I think that part of it is really cool, but it's almost like they're adding it they're they're adding it in way more than it ever was. I don't remember the audio being that like. I don't remember the, the, the tape stretch or the tape uh, slowdown effect being that bad in the 80s. But now it's almost, they just embrace it. When, when, well, it depends when, on how many times you watched the tape. That's <laughs> true. When, when does, and when you does, wore it out until there was nothing but white. <laughs> when does a real player warble become an aesthetic choice again? A real, real player warble? Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I'm almost, I kind of like. Oh, you're talking about, are you, ta- are you talking about the, like, like the, like the 90s and aughts where, uh, where digital was new? Yes, like these, you, you, you hear like encoding the encoding artifacts. Yeah, see, I, that's a little bit tougher to listen to. Yeah, it'll be like, like you'll be listening to a song and it'll just be playing along all of a sudden and be like, <laughs> like, remember that? <laughs> like, those were terrible. Winamp. Yeah, and the other thing was the, uh, the, 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 um, the low bit rate. So that was a thing of the uh, 90s yeah. where the song would come through and it would be very like, it would be you just hear like the lowest of the low bit rate. The, it was almost like the, the pixelation, the early pixelation of audio and video, um, if that's what you're describing from Real Player. That, that might, yeah, maybe that'll show up in the next wave. But think, right now we're definitely re, reliving the 80s. I think the 80s, um, I'm, I kind of think of it in the aspect of like VR. Like when VR first came out, it was this pretty big concept and we could kind of do it. Like I felt like the eighties, like they were aiming for the future. Like there was mm-hmm. this futuristic sound, but we really didn't have the ass to like get behind it and move it and make it actually happen. And now we're revisiting that. And it's like, we have little, we have some new toys and wow. new, new things to forward it, but eventually we'll realize the dream is not yet here. And we'll just toss it out and like jump on the nineties bandwagon. Like good gunners kind of say, I, I actually, I, I, I have kind of a more cynical take on it. Big fuck, big Shocker. fucking surprise. <laughs> well, no. So I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of curious if effectively it's like, we never, the, the West really never left it, you know, like the blip, the blip, whatever the blip of prosperity, or you want to call it the, the nineties and the early two thousands kind of represented was effectively like the kid who got his first fucking communion suit that didn't fit right. And now that we've got, you know, like now that we, you know, like again, we're, we're, we really are, we, you know, like 
all that like fucking hope and stuff that came out of like the 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 troubles that we dealt with during that the the you know the early eighties to early nineties. We never really it never really got fixed. It was just that we just we were able to fucking you know we we tried the just don't look solution. Yeah, but isn't a lot of that just youth hoping that things are going to be different, right? Like. Like you look at like like every every generation of kids jump on their own thing, right? Whether mm-hmm. they communicate with each other through walkie talkies, or they communicate with each other through text, or now they communicate with each other through Snapchat. They always jump on this thing, and I I think there's this like innocence and hopefulness hopefulness of youth that's always going to resonate through to the people that are our age, and we're closer to like new parent age, right? So. We're going to be watching the, the the kids that are you know just starting to create their own social networks and their social mm-hmm. structures, and we're going to watch that bubble up to us, and we're going to say, "What the fuck are they doing?" Or that style's thirty years old, or you know, we're going to have our own opinions on that. But that whole like like like. I like the way Wade described it because it was like strap on the VR headset and oh my gosh, everything is going to be electronic. We are almost there though, right? Like augmented reality mm. is we're much closer, closer now. than it's ever yeah, been. Yeah, we're closer now than we were like back in like the 90s. Like, oh, yeah. Like the Virtual Boy, what a piece of shit that was. But, but the Virtual Boy kind of paved the way for like what Oculus Rift is now, which is getting more popular. Well, and, uh, again, it's it, 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 like there was vr in the late 90s i mean like i my my, my old mech you know as i'm trying to ride as i'm trying to run a mech warrior 2 on my freaking 486 sx 250 uh there was a option to like you know they, they had head mounted display support in that game i mean like if you were a baller and could afford the freaking five thousand dollar headset at the time because they were all crts too you know like again like really the the the, the main you know from from we're kind of past the technical problems it's the fact that nobody can actually figure out how to fucking paint like paint in that environment yet you I, know? I think i think the technical problems still need to be solved and like like for example with augmented reality it needs to be reality first augmented second so like you know one example and christine and i both play pokemon go and they have an augmented reality feature in there and i don't use it because i think it's it makes the game a little bit trickier to play um but with that you can actually move your phone around and you can see the pokemon standing on your floor um or flying above your floor and it even paints the shadow underneath him yeah this is cool so in that case, like it's drawing it on top of reality. Now some things that it's not great at, it, it, it ain't Snapchat, right? Snapchat somehow could figure out where your face is, where your nose is, where your eyes is, where your mouth is. If you open your mouth, a tongue, a bigger tongue than your own can come out. Your eyes can be shinier. It knows what every attribute of your face is and it's perfected that. Now, Pokemon's not in the business of doing that. They don't they're not in the business of making your couch look like it's being overgrown by like 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 oddish sprouts coming out of its head right it's not in that business because because the uh the live augmented 3d is something that we're still just brand new at i think the iphone 10 was a good step in that direction because it does the whole uh uh, what does it do it's got the second camera that does the 3d detection it like Mm -hmm. sends out the little dots the iPhone oh. 10, and then it reads those dots with a special camera. Is it infrared? 
ultraviolet. I don't know. It's usually infrared. Yeah, so it's an IR, like like with your TV remotes. We can't see it. It's camera can. It it can pick up where your face is, and you can do cool stuff with the iPhone 10. Like I mean, they had the portrait mode before where it tried to figure out what your face was, but with the iPhone 10, it can actually focus a 3D image of your face, blur out the background. Like I know you have a, so some nice I camera see, shots yeah. that you do, so I assume you have some nice lenses. It can simulate that using. Uh, technology. I saw a picture of it. And I was like, "What? How the heck?" Well, on a phone. On a phone, it's absolutely insane. Nice. So I think the technology, the technology, still does have some place to go. Um, and I, Gunner's like got his mouth open. He's ready to say something because what we need to do is we need to know more than just what a face looks like, right? We need to know what a couch and a floor and the TV in the background looks like. With augmented reality, I should be able to have a video and make it look like you're watching something. Like, ha, 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 you know, you watch Fox News, here's proof of it, right? And then Fox News is playing in the background. And, but it's, it's got to be even better than video, right? The audio has, the, the, the 3D and, and the audio have to work together. The sound coming out of the TV needs to be 3D soundscaped. So that when the phone records it, it sounds muffled. It sounds distant. Some mm. of the, the low tones are out because, because it's so far away. That when that happens, I think VR will happen. But it's more than just a there's more than just a phone. You don't want to look through the world through a phone. You want to look through the world through your own eyes, and you want the augmented reality to be on top. So I I, I kind of I know it's a long rant to prove my point, but I think the augmented reality does rely on some more advancements in technology. You look at like the Google Glass, whatever the hell Intel came out with, um, and and I don't know what. What the, the the latest does? Does Facebook have something? If you have a clear glass that can shoot into your eye, but you can see through it, that's when I think augmented reality is here. Well, that's, that's what I that's what the holo, that's what the Hololens is set up to do. Anyway, which which next gen, anyways. But you know, like you talk about that stuff. That's you know, kind of again, everything is related. That's so. Yeah, I'm gonna. I get it. I gotta be careful not to sidetrack because there's a whole related story there. But you know, like the the, the dude who was at AMD mm-hmm. who went to work for Intel. Mm-hmm. Part of that problem was that like he had been working on these. He'd been working on these crazy video card chips. They stole a whole bunch of his people from that team to go work on the successor chip for the PS4. We were talking about like you know we were talking about like how they're they're up in their game you know like again like you have the PS the the, the, new, the successor to the PS4 the PS5 or whatever mm-hmm. and they have this thing called Navi but Navi one of Navi's feature core features is it's not like the crazy compute engine like the Vegas are but it was designed around the aspect of exactly what you're talking about. It's a general compute accelerator, but it's also for doing that. one of those big technical problems in VR, which is that right now it has to render the same frame twice. And with the new with 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 the Navi chips and stuff like that, and even like you go in like into the the NVIDIA Volta style TensorFlow accelerator, you know, like where they're looking at is effectively they can truncate what they're look they they can truncate what they're rendering based on what you're actually looking at because right now like VR it has to do the same frame twice and it's trying to do the the it has to do the same frame twice differently so that you get like the the, the stereoscopic effect with the new ones they can just render the frame once and they have a transformation engine that it passes through and basically says, "Okay, I need this from two. I need this geometry slightly skewed based on the you know 
So you're saying that, so, so, so really you're saying the tech's almost there or the tech is there. We just need to code it. But so I think that's part, maybe that is part of the resurgence of the eighties is that these hopes and dreams uh, will eventually come true. So I can see that. Um, I definitely like, and I know we've beat this topic up a few times when it comes to those 3d goggles, people walk into walls. Well, again, as long as that's there, like, like we still have room to improve. Even if the nineties had a 3d, 3d glasses, you were still walking into walls. Like until you can, until you can take the headset off. I don't know anybody that wants to have their eyes covered ever, unless you're sleeping. The one exa- the one exception I can see is um, maybe like a movie theater, although it would cost the movie theater a lot. Maybe you'd sit down, strap on a headset, and watch the movie in 3D in your own, and you can turn your head around and you can see everything in 3D. But even then, it would cost so much to provide a headset to everybody. And I don't know if I want to strap a headset on my face that some random person was wearing yeah. two hours before me. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I do like uh, that is coming out, well, I like most of the 80s culture that's kind of resurging but there's a resurgence in indie uh game developers mm-hmm. that are bringing out these like like metroidvania games these these uh platforming side-scrolling games with like advanced mechanics that are very 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 cool um christine you said you're a gamer did you game back in the 80s when you were a kid as well or is it like a newer what were some sega. of your favorites okay n64 sega oh man like, Sasonic, obviously, was a Sonic, staple. Like, those yeah. types of games are coming back. Like, indie developers are, are taking those, like, 16-bit games. Because I think it's... Freedom Planet for the motherfucking win, buddy. It's, it's like, uh, what made those games great were not, like, these super high-advanced graphics. Although, like, Sonic, there was, like, some polish to it, right? Yeah. Like, they had these different graphics engine or whatever they used. But it was mostly, like, no, the gameplay is the gameplay. fun. Yeah. Yeah, like, the gameplay was really, really good. And we've... A portion of us, a, a lot of gamers, including myself, like we get obsessed with these. Oh, look how real it looks! Look how beautiful it looks, and this and that. But like, if it's not fun, if the gameplay sucks, yeah. I mean, that's and that's unfortunately like there are some games that have come out recently, and I'm not going to jump back on Microsoft like and, and beat their ass up. But well, like, well, what about um, sorry, what about Crossy Road? Right, tree. I think Crossy Road is a nice one. Um, Crossy Road for uh, most people have probably played it. Arcades have it. But what it is is it's a new version of Frogger. Oh, Frogger! It's the same game. It's the same game. The graphics are 3D, but you actually walk through it just like Frogger. You just move forward. The one thing that it has in it over Frogger is you can really move left and right a lot, and you can go back. With Frogger, I believe you could only hop forward. But they got the lily pads. No way. They got the cars that'll run you over. It's a little cuter, though. You don't get squished. You get stuck to the car and get carried uh. off the screen. <laughs> but what Crossy Road has done, and what you, if you go to the arcade, you'll notice the arcade screens, instead of being like, like a widescreen monitor, it's actually turned to be the, the orientation of a phone with mm-hmm. some, of these, some of these games that have made their way over. Another one's Fruit Ninja, which everybody's played. Oh, Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja's in the arcades as well, but it has to be... It has to be the same orientation that you'd hold your phone. Well, with Crossy Road, they, they've done something interesting. Um, I, I haven't seen a Frogger in it, but they do have other uh, throwback games. So if you, uh, there's a certain way you can win Pac-Man in the game. And when you're Pac-Man, all of the cars turn into ghosts. And there's oh. pellets. And if you, get the, if you get the big pellet, you can go back Power and pellet. eat the cars. <laughs> so so it's, 
you know, there, I do see it. Like there is, there is like this. But Crossy Roads is a big title, right? That that company has a lot has a lot of users. Um, but there's some ones that are kind of come up from from out of nowhere. And like one of them, I believe, is called Undertales. I've heard of the game. I've never played it. I don't really know. This this is a weird one. That's so eight bit, right? Yes, it's eight bit, but of course there is no eight bit computers, so it's an eight bit style game, and uh, um, I, I don't really know the premise that well, well of it, but it's uh, it's eight bit graphics, and the soundtrack is eight bit audio. What were you going to say there? Un- Un- Undertale and uh, what was the other one? Pony Pony Island. They're very they're very they're kind of like um, they're very meta games in itself, which is that like. Uh, what, the, what the heck was the one that was on Steam where it was the whole the whole like it's messing with you like in the concept of free choice, so or free will. Not the, Binding the, the, of Isaac. So with Undertale, like this is this is a song called uh, Megalovania. I'm not going to play it. Um, most people that would want to hear it have already heard it, and the rest of us probably don't. But the the actual graphics of the video is it's just terrible. a character in the game shrugging his shoulders. It's the the second video there, mm-hmm. and he's like this bald guy with a with an eye patch on, uh, shrugging his shoulders. This this YouTube video, which really isn't a video, it's just like a like an eight bit song, has fifty five million views. Wow, that's that's insane. So it's the. the I'm with you. There is this resurgence of it, and with the indie, this is a perfect example where this guy just made a really cool 8-bit game, and now every kid under the age of 13 not only knows what it is, but he's listened to the entire soundtrack yeah. hundreds of times. Like he'll just play it in the background while he's drawing or while he's playing another game. Um, and then some of the other stuff, um, and we mentioned it. I think we mentioned it last week, but uh, uh, Cuphead. Cuphead is very much. It's more of like a 16-bit game. No, that's I, Cuphead like a, is uh, like a Super Mario. As far as the stylus, like how yeah. you play the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. It's more like it's more like that generation console where you run right, but the graphics aren't super pixelated. Um, they're actually not pixelated. No, at it's all. like watercolors. Like yeah. It's like it, that's. More, I was gonna say that's more of like the style is more of a harken to like what do you would you say on our 50s cartoons, 60s cartoons. 50s. Yeah. Yeah, like '50s cartoons. Like that's why Cuphead was so cool. But the style, as far as it being a brutally difficult platformer that like used to get like on like the NES system, it reminds me a lot of Contra from a gameplay perspective. Yeah. Although most people that play the game would cringe when they hear Contra because with Contra you had to shoot bullets in all directions and just run like a motherfucker, right? <laughs> And that's that's very very much Cuphead. And I didn't I didn't expect it. So I came from from like the Bendy, which Bendy is also a throw time cartoony thing. But Bendy's more like Doom, where you walk through. You know, it's it's like a modern like three D shooter where you walk through these. You turn you make these turns, but with that, it's more of like a puzzle. It's not so much about like Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 more about like 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 cracking cracking the code inside each level and trying to get to the next level. Uh, it's not so much about killing bad guys, although there are bad guys that you have to kill in that game. Whereas, uh, whereas Cuphead, Cuphead is really that just run and shoot everything in your face, and you have to be almost perfect at the game in order to in order to get past it. So, yeah, I would say that the video games are definitely something that come back. But um, mm-hmm. before before I left the house, I told my wife our topics tonight, and she's like, "Well, what about what about the way people dress?" Like a lot of that has been cherry picked. That's like from the, the 80s worst, and 90s. though. 
Fashion was probably the, as far as as far as I was concerned. Fashion was probably the worst thing about the eighties. Well, I okay, love the music. No, but, like, you, you, but it's also depending on you know which crews you were hanging with because eighties eighties fashion was very much driven by cocaine. Yeah, I mean, and the things that we're kind of into were not cocaine. Were not cocaine influenced markets. We were. We were poor, so I rocked sweatpants we're, and old T-shirts. Let's, let's we we're cocaine induced. It's just not cocaine anymore, right? We're still touching dopamine, right? But we're doing it with pills now. Like our generation is doing it with with other ways. Percocet, Molly, Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> you take that codeine and the Sprite, and you mix oh, it all God. up. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I'd say there's there. I, every generation does have some type of drug influence. Ours would probably be. Uh, you know, like scratch off lottery tickets. Not ours specifically, but the upcoming oh. one. Like, like it's perfectly okay to cram for finals taking Adderall right now. Yeah, Adderall's. But I mean, yeah, since the early aughts, Adderall's been massively popular on like college campuses specifically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ecstasy is huge in the '90s, but still, ha- still hanging around. Like, it's definitely like a no. Uh, yeah, it was just hard cocaine. Actually, Coke has been around forever. Like, Coke is not like. Coke has been popular forever. No, no, but but the so there's Coke was cool before they were. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Coke yeah. never died. I'm I'm actually I'm actually going to be very you know you talk about that too because it's like everything everything is uh, to to quote uh, Lauren Hill everything everything is everything, but the '80s was very kind of the confluence of multiple factors, and like when you say coke, because the cocaine thing was because of the geopolitical situation at the time, you know. And we talk about like you know how our music and our pop culture and all that stuff, because like all the fucking pop entertainment that we came up with as kids was because they were trying to fucking you know like basically you could have four hours of indoctrination every like actually I mean like I, you watch cartoons nowadays cartoon you know like, unless it's a very specific avenue they're they are so not what we came up no. with no not at not, all there's a lot of shit in there you are, you are not allowed to put fucking ever you know like so no cigarettes right no, no drugs cigarettes. But what's weird is, car- like the kids' shows, there's no violence either. <clears throat> but there's some things that we didn't have. Like, there's there actually seems to be more shows where they're thinking. Like, they actually have good thought in them. I was watching, and I don't know if it's a good example or not, but I was watching uh, The Amazing World of Gumball with, with my son. If you guys have not seen the show, I suggest you watch an episode. Mm-hmm. It's like a really good episode of, like, Animaniacs or Tiny Toons. Oh, you're going to make me Like, the ones the that thing. actually stop and make you think. Dude, Animaniacs was awesome. Yeah, they were good shows, except it's, it's every episode, right? So, like, one episode of, of The Amazing World of Gumball... Um, these two kids, they have a, they had a day off, but the the older sibling. And by the way, Amazing World of Gumball, I believe, is one brother is a fish that lives in, that he sleeps in a fish tank, and the other one I think is a cat, maybe I don't know. Um, but so the, the older sibling decides to start his day off, their day off, never doing anything. He's like, we have a day off today. I don't want to do anything today. So what we're going to do is we're just going to like get out of our beds and just kind of roll towards the couch. We don't want to actually walk because this is our day off and we don't want to spend any energy. And when they get to the couch, the TV's turned on its side. And the younger brother says, why is the TV on its side? He says, well, this way we can lay down and we never have to get up, <laughs> right? So it's, it, it, it's, a, it's very, very like a lot of thought goes into it. Um, and I think that, the, that the, the current shows are like that. But yeah, it's like the violence... 
the Gun smoking ball is brutal. Yeah, knives, guns, those have all been stripped out. Yeah, but I, I, I yeah. Let's see if this is this is probably going to be a total shit show. You're going to try playing the audio. Yeah, let me do it on mine. What, right. what do you got here? Oh, you got an you got an amazing world of gumball quote. What is it? It's 22 seconds. And what is this thing? You gotta play it. I'm just gonna play it. Okay. It's very, Gunner it's, found something. Gunner Gunner must also 80s. watch gumball because he he was pulling up an example on his phone. Here it goes. This is you're saying this is an 80s reference? Yes. Oh, gumball is gumball is also selectively filmed real life, pixelated, 3D <laughs> and animated. So it mixes all of those techniques uh, in the middle of the show, which I think. It's kind of feeding into like like we're talking about where the nostalgia is intentionally being brought back, even though it might not be nostalgic for everyone. So I'm quite Good beef. This can can be opened by women of reasonable intelligence with limited male supervision. Well, they're from the '60s, but look, only twenty cents for the whole palette. I guess times were easier then. If you're a man and not a minority and more comfortable with the constant threat of nuclear annihilation, <sighs> how things have changed, huh? Mm, yeah. So that's like a kid's show? Yeah, it's a yep. kid's show. Yep. They just go wow. like above them. It's like they, yeah. we don't care that these kids don't are, have zero idea, no idea. What, they're ta- what we're talking about. But it glues me to it. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> they, just, they just covered some serious content. And, and it's very, you know, very nonchalant. It's very, it's almost from the late, eight, late 90s, early aughts, like, uh, like, the, like the SpongeBob, which... You know, which is like what was derivative of Ren and Stimpy, except Ren and Stimpy was like, no, we're just putting this gross shit in front of you. Like SpongeBob was like, no, we're gonna have little sexual innuendos here that only the adults are gonna get. <laughs> no, John Krasinski was just a horribly disturbed human being <laughs> who's actually come. Up, oh yeah, comes out. He's kind of, kind of a vociferous sex predator. Uh, I've watched surprise. a lot of SpongeBob. I've never picked up on the stuff. I realize that every adult thinks that it's like toxic for their kids. Oh, I don't think it's toxic well, no, by yeah, any means. Well, so just, just Chris Kalski is not involved with SpongeBob. SpongeBob is actually done by the crew that they got together after they fired Spumco. So it's actually the Ren and Stimpy. It, it is that Ren and Stimpy, you know, his 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 uh, partners there that basically stuck around after they told Chris Kalski to get fucking lost because he's a fucking maniac. To me, it's just slapstick humor. Like to me, it's just a step more mature than like the Three Stooges. It's not. It's not anywhere near as subversive as like Rocco's Modern Life, because you know, like whole with the whole like Rocco being a phone sex operator, and uh, you know, like uh, what is it? Like, what was that freaking Filbert? Filbert? Uh, what was the What was the cow's name? Remember. The cow's name from Rocco's mom? Yeah. I don't know. Heifer. 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 So, it's, yeah, it's Filbert, Heifer, and Rocco. And it's like, they're just, the, the episode opened, and it was just like, hey, guys, it's Saturday night. What do you want to do? And it's like, let's play choke the chicken. And they're all talking about choking the chicken, and they break out the board game of, of, of choke oh the chicken. <laughs> but it's just, you know, again, there was no, no shits given. It's just straight up fucking yeah. trying to... He's um, wait, 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 signaling Thomas, us in elaborate jutsu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I wish. Another thing, though, I mean, like when it comes to fashion, like some things that are interesting, I'm not going to wrap it up yet. We got a couple minutes. Okay. Um, like, like attire, right? Like, like 
at some point within the last five years, it not only became okay, but it became like normal to wear socks that were different colors. Have you picked up on this? I no? want to know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, but they're bright. And the bright, like those neon colors, I feel like they've almost shined through from the 90s, like the late 80s and early 90s, I remember, with the with the hyper-color shirts that change color in yeah. the, with, with the sun. I'm starting to see some of those come back, not hyper-color the brand. The mood rings. Mood rings are coming back. I saw them on the other. I was like, what? Mood when, rings. When do we get, uh, yeah, as I way loud inside my head, when do, we, when do we get to have like our pants on backwards again like Chris Cross? Oh, that was just, that was like, <laughs> a month that was like a hot month that was, was weird but, but that said though the, but the overalls were in style for a long time yeah i could totally picture christine wearing I, overalls you know what i almost bought it because they had them at the mall the other day and i was like how weird like i haven't worn them since i was maybe like three or four i remember having a pair and i was like it's weird to see like play suits are coming back like where it's just rompers oh i was gonna say like are you are, are would you be would you be down for, <laughs> rompers the, would for, you be down for the april oh, wait, females yeah uh, rompers yeah, are yeah, out oh i don't know about that <laughs> this is what i think though when when gunner says uh was talking about how um it's like being portrayed or injected by people that don't really remember the 80s i think it's because Yes, we were born in the 80s, and we grew up through some of it, but we weren't really cognizant of what was going around or, like, started to become masters of our own world until, like, the late 80s, early 90s. And that's why I think you're seeing some of this, like, blending of 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s culture because that's what we were most familiar with, and that's what's easiest for us to market because that's kind of what we're putting out there. Yeah, um, my wife said that they're rolling their jean, their pant legs oh, again. Oh God, this is the shit I was talking about. Like the dumb <laughs> shit. Cats let's get let's get shoulder pads in, uh, in females' boxes. No, now. no, no. Let's bring that back. No let's shoulder do pads. that. Shoulder pads are something. <laughs> shoulder pads are something that that I wish never happened. But the cool thing about it is, is that all you need to do is look for them, and you know what time it was. You're like, hey, shoulder pads. That wasn't filmed within the last <laughs> twenty years. The, the tight rolling of the jeans is, I, 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 it's right on par with the shoulder or pants. huge shirts small pants like right where like you had like the shirt that just came down and just covered like almost to your knees a was, yeah yeah oh Interesting. yeah those are coming back too I've seen people that just wear or with like a pair of leggings yeah the moos yeah I have my own the opinions the big fuzzy on ones I've never seen you wear leggings Christine so I can probably safely make fun of them <laughs> But I, I think, wear leggings all winter. Well, oh, you not, do? Not at work, obviously, but... Yeah, I think I see a lot of people wear them, and I'm like, is this just, like, because they can't find clothes? Like, is it a convenience factor? But it's weird, because like you said, like, like it just... It's almost like the, it's like an undergarment that's just okay to wear. Like, that's... Or, but I'm a guy. Are you complaining about this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's... Oh, listen. He's been, wait, he's, he's, he's been waiting to turn into an old man for, like, the last six Go to one LuLaRoe party, and then you tell me <laughs> that it's okay. Okay, you... You, you watch I them... Have a, you I watch have, them fight right, over Hold the, on. Reverse that pumpkin. statement, okay? You are a... <laughs> you're a male right now that is arguing <clears throat> against uh, leggings. Yeah. Which I think majority of the males listening or not listening or whatever would probably disagree with on that. And then you just admitted that you went to a Lulu. No, I didn't party. go to one. I didn't go to one. Well, you I said, said just you go, to go to one. Where the fuck would I go to one of those? Well, <laughs> well some of some of the some of the, the fallout from them is on my news feed on Facebook. And like I mean you should see these people fight over like like jack o' lantern fucking leggings. They go what? crazy. See, I'm not into Lularo. Yeah, I they're like, like 
They're like, oh my gosh, there's only three pairs of jack-o'-lantern leggings, and I want do, them. Do, I need them for Halloween. Do you want to know why that is? Because as competitive as males are painted in society, females are significantly more competitive. Oh, yeah. Well, Way don't more even mess with us about anything, man. We got, we're getting that. Like, Some I know, way or another, we're getting that. I know in Wade's, in Wade's head, like, the legging is really just these girls, like, sp- like, spilling out of, like, tanning salons and yoga parties. But that's not who wears them. That's not, I mean... Everybody wears them. Yep. So what? It's just this, like. What would you prefer them to wear? What do you think would be would be I, your utopia? I got a question for your you. Your fashion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter your question with another question. Okay. If I showed up here in thermal pajamas that showed you every curve of my body, how would you feel sitting next to me? I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like. <laughs> What you're wearing is kind of fucking whack, dude. Like I'm not down with it. But I mean, dude, the skinny jeans—they don't leave a whole lot to the to the imagination. Where do either. you stand? Where do you stand on jeggings? On jeggings? Jeggings are awesome. I do like a pair of jeggings. Yeah, jeggings are awesome because what jeggings are is that's what they've done is they've gotten. I think that is the compromise. I, like I can jeggings. compromise. I think that's halfway to the leggings where they look like jeans, right? And so they're they not have stiff the like jeans. Like that's why I don't like the jeans because they're stiff. But that th- totally like, kind of defeats a part of your logic, right? Warfare. Because your your problem your with with leggings argument. is that it shows like every curvature or whatever. But that's what jeggings do. Yeah, jeggings jeggings really do the same thing. So you could say that that I'm completely contradicting myself by being okay with jeggings. But jeggings have a texture that yeah, brings your eyes time. away from the shape. They look like clothing because that's really what clothing is for, right? Clothing is so that people can't see what's underneath. No, I don't think that's the case. I think clothing is I, I to protect you from the elements or whatever, but clothing well, is for, well, can yeah, be when, for comfort, when too. We slept, when we slept under trees in houses made of leaves, <laughs> yes, clothing served a purpose to protect, you know, well, this type of leather prevents worms from crawling out of the ground and, and making it inside my body. So, yes, they were there to protect you. Now, that's not really what it's for. We spend most of our days in air-conditioned rooms, we we go outside when the weather's nice. The clothing is really just so that we're not naked outside. That's really, I would say, the predominant or a fashion reason. statement. Because if what you're saying is correct, why aren't we all naked at home? And if you are normally naked at I'm home, I'm no. I mean, there's very, very, very little clothing on me at home. Mm-hmm. But you cover up you cover up certain areas. I'm sure. Like you, you at least put a sock like guys, you walk around like what, boxers. Yeah. He, has to, he, has, yeah. he has to at least have one layer of armor to protect there's, the there's from rule. attacking his genitals. You cannot. You cannot. <laughs> If you fart on my couch and you're not wearing pants, you're in deep shit. <laughs> We're both in deep shit, but you're in deeper shit, I promise you. Figuratively well, I mean, or literally. Like, I, one, of, one, of, one of you actually, well, depending depending on if it's an actual fart or, or it's uh, it's uh, Something more? Cousin. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we never talk about crude stuff like this, but I'm kind of glad that we do. No, we don't. But people, it's it has a wide appeal. People love they love fart jokes. They can fart jokes play <laughs> they, anywhere, they, and they yeah. travel. They it's do, like they defense. It's like good defense on a football team. Yeah, people love it. <laughs> that's, like, that, that's, that's, that's actually your sign of – that's the, the only actual test of your real age, right? It's not like mental development. It's not whatever. It's just like the number the, – the, the, the fear that you <laughs> – the fear that you experience <laughs> – Closer to that, that that moment, it's like this is not no surprise, no surprise, no surprise. What are they saying? So yeah, I wear as little clothing as possible when company's not over. So are you saying are you saying that you free ball? Not on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish the listeners could see how serious Wade's face was when he said not on the, the couch. Yam, the like it was not bag. an answer; it was an instruction. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I guess I mean, maybe, yeah, and I get again. Let's we go way down this rabbit hole more than we need to. So, but does does is that an absolute? So that even you hold yourself to that standard, which is that like you you know. Never, never the twain shall meet without a layer of cotton interposing itself <laughs> in its divine down. armor. Yeah, I, yes, there has to be a small layer of fabric separating your butthole from the <laughs> from my couch because we're gonna have people over, and I don't yeah, need like what if as, as, that that that's not right. But we're getting really far away. We're getting really really far away from. What we, like the shore is very is fleeting. The tide is taking us out right now, Gunner. I don't, under, I don't understand why you're saying we're getting far away when we're literally talking about like the fact that there is no barrier whatsoever. Yeah, there's yeah. a certain yes. There's I require a barrier, but not I don't require to be fully clothed walking around my house. In fact, I prefer not. To well, have that. What was the thing in Evangelion when everyone became one? Like uh, oh. instrumentality. Yeah, yeah. Your you, your bumhole has retru- achieved instrumentality with the uh, the the the. the Valor upholstery, right? And that's your, what I'm trying couch. to avoid. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, there is no, there is no. You know, you've become one with all things. <laughs> don't, don't put up these arbitrary barriers preventing you from achieving nirvana, sir. Just don't fart. See, aren't you glad we took it another five minutes? I really am. <laughs> We've Just gone places. <laughs> now Christine will never come back. Well, well done, gentlemen. Fantastic. No, I, listen. <laughs> it was a little fart joke. We, 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 I, I'm, I'm, again, I was like, not, not to imply cheap day, but as long as we have, as long as we have an animatronic triceratops, then I, I, I she'll, yeah, she'll come back know. for the yeah, triceratops. I mean, every day. I'll I actually know where one exists. It's not as cool, though. It's like for oh, kids. Oh, is it the oh. one at the golf course? It's around the corner at Gold no, Rush or something? I've seen the one at Gold Rush. I know exactly which one you're talking yeah. about. Um, that's huge, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, that you could add. It's it looks awesome. like It's probably close to real size. No, I'm talking about they have um, the, the small. The, the, the Wilkinsons. Yes, they have a small animatronics um, uh, one what? for children, and they sit oh. on it. And I, 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 does it move? They're supposed to be able to walk, right? Yes. No, again, like it was, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, as I get close to the mic again, so my freaking voice cares. Never has more a testament been made to the fact that children do not give a shit is that time that we were at the cookout and they had a fucking robot triceratops there and, and the kids wanted, the yeah. kids were the kids were like, Yeah, we've had this for two weeks and we're we're done with uh, this. Yeah. So <gasps> sad. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> but you know what though? If that thing fucking galloped the oh, kids yeah. would be out back with it. Yep. You know what I mean? They probably would get crushed by yeah, it. Yeah, if that thing fucking if that thing <laughs> fucking the creator of that of that toy would be under in a week. How it was, why it was is the there size, three it was holes the size in the garage door? door? Well, I hit it with the triceratops. <laughs> yeah, so so that'll be when we we'll have to bring the triceratops. No, I that even even the little toy version of it, it would only be it would only be it would probably be too much effort to carry it, and then we would be bored with it in five seconds. <laughs> This is not what I expected out of a animatronics triceratops. Well, again, I get I get I gotta get the the big printer running again. But uh, there's a guy in England, uh, James Burton, and he does a whole bunch of like crazy. He's a YouTube channel, xrobots.co.uk. But uh, amongst his many other things is that he kind of just does crazy projects, and he did a life size. Uh, AI-driven animatronic Ultron robot. What's an Ultron robot? Like the actual from the from the the Avengers movie. Wow. I don't know the reference. What Honestly, is it? No, Ultron, Ultron, Ultron is, is like this uh, AI that Tony Stark created that took life that 
essentially made itself. Oh. He, so he took like some of the, um, you know, like how there's the, got the uh, badass Iron Man armor that like are automated, completely automated. Yeah. Like Ultron inhibited that. And he took over Jarvis, essentially. And then he became... Oh, no, no, don't fly. Don't fly. And that became Ultron, and then Ultron like started inserting himself in all these different machines and so stuff. You're saying so, like so, so what you're saying is some guy made the suit in real life, therefore he can make a Triceratops. No, actually, well, because we're, right now he's actually doing one. He's doing his own version, Well, because he's made multiple, like, walking bipedal robots. That's creepy looking. Well, because uh, right now he's actually doing one. It's uh, it is a uh, clone of the Boston Robotics big dog. Yeah, yeah, that dog's creepy too. Oh yes, but yes, it's like here, here. Like, <laughs> and then they kick it, and it like starts to fall over. And <laughs> so Gunner it never stops walking. It's the dog yes. that never stops walking. Uh, after you inevitably create. Um, the downfall of mankind. The great adjustment. Yes, the great adjustment. Will your will your robots wear leggings? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, that's that's built into the. Uh, uh, sadly, that's actually built into the design. Uh, uh, words come out. That's built into the design right now, so it's not really like an optional feature. It'll be a, it'll be like it'll a, be fashionable robots. Yeah, it'll be well, a full nostalgia. What'll happen? It'll, it'll be like the characters from Westworld. And uh, it'll be I've like the characters the from Westworld where they look like humans. They have human flesh and they can bleed. However, they wear clothing, just like jeggings. They wear clothing that makes it look like they're a robot. Hmm. Like the robot kneecaps, the layers. Like boxes? Like will they be like the old school like five-year-old? Like they just fashion boxes like... Like <laughs> refrigerator yeah. boxes and shit? Yeah. And like, look, I am a robot. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha, and then they kill us all. <laughs> well, we were already been dead at that point. Thanks, Gunner. The, listen, that's, they, they, it's either us or them. I mean, like, one, one yeah, of us. Yeah, but you're choosing them. Yeah, they're no, us. I'm not making a choice. Listen, oh, I. Fuck. I it's where, it's where we need Godzilla to come back gonna, and save us. Well, no, because, again, the eventual goal is Kiryu, but that's Kiryu, but that that's neither here nor there. Or Leopardon. This is. Magical Leopardon. Help I, us, Charlie. Help us. <laughs> I'm going to have a poll for our, our regular listeners. Do you believe that Gunner <laughs> is a proponent of of the uh, Android takeover, or is he voting for humanity? Because I'm pretty sure you fall on the side of Android. <laughs> no. No. I I, I think I think Wade. I think I'm gonna. This I would side the- with 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 Wade here. I think that that Gunner would pretend like he wanted humanity to succeed, and then he would just shrug. He would use the shrug emoji, and he would just <laughs> and then the he would just emoji. shrug to the world. <laughs> yes, as the robots take I mean, over, I, I, I like, just, as a one-liner, as, I, I fucked up. As, Sorry, guys. as as of right now, as of right now, I have ninety-six direct children that are in the works, and what they do after that is is a shrug, story. you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are on your own. (laughs) This is the story of a new people. See, exactly. No pull necessary. We just got our answer. Is your ear itching? Yes, it is. Oh, oh, you know what, Trace? I'm sorry. I made a beetle earlier today, and he is now in your brain. He's taking over your central nervous system. Don't worry. (laughs) He's a nice beetle. Those those are actually uh, the... I mean, like, it wouldn't be a beetle. It would be a shell-building amoeba, but that's neither here nor there. Unfortunately, it was a dung beetle. 
And now my face is glued to Wade's couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told you there's Actually, a rule. No, yeah, so, so downside, um, cognition might be impaired. Upside, you can tell that Wade is a fucking liar and you can totally see his ass print on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> because of, your, because of your, your cyborg enhanced animal partner senses. It's like, you are a fucking liar, sir. <laughs> you sir lie. You, you, you. The, cra- the crazy you, part you broke is your brown rule. Both both of you win. It's like a, a mic drop moment for both. Wade's like mic drop. Gunner took over the world, and Gunner's like mic drop. You dirty asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for today. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks it was awesome. For, Hopefully, we'll come again. We didn't scare you off with our poop jokes that we've never done before on the show, but. Maybe we're open up a new chapter, I, I, I guess. Uh, I'll, I'll, bring you, I'll bring you a Triceratops head next time. All right, I'll be there. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and uh, checking us out, and uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>